0: Welcome to Watching Westworld, the officially unofficial podcast for Westworld on HBO. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're talking about Season 2, Episode 4, titled The Riddle of the Sphinx. What did you think of this episode on second viewing?
1: Uh, I thought the episode is really good. It's the kind of heady, navel-gazing, what-does-it-all-mean man? kind of riddles and questions that I love to think about and obsess over. And for me, it was also like the
0: plot-driven, like... Explain a whole bunch of stuff right. and build out the mythos of this world. Right. Episodes that I love so much. So I really feel like there was something here for just about everybody, and it shows too. I mean, you look at like what people are saying on the internet about this episode. This was like
1: the defining moment of season two so far for, for everyone. It also had a lot of like what I think that you know, based on the subject matter, which is the idea that conscious beings being subjugated, enslaved, and and tortured for people's amusement. Um, it also had, like, some genuine horror. Yeah. Like, that lead up to the the final James Delos reveal is every bit as good as anything you'll see in, like, Telltale Heart or The Monkey's Paw. Or, like, it's just um, – and, in fact, I guess on the third time watching I, – when I was watching it, I'm like, man, maybe they could have made this even freakier or weirder. Or, but I, maybe that would be gil- Gilding the Lily because the the simple idea of a madman locked with himself for – a period of time to just degrade uh mm-hmm. and the, the fact that they're carving his he's he's car I mean that that's yeah that's that's creepy enough Yeah. That's creepy enough. Absolutely. I found it really effective. You watch it too much it becomes commonplace but still <laughs> that was yeah that was a genuine fucking moment. Yeah. Yeah, especially that first watch. Uh I was I
0: was surprised that they went there. I don't know why. I shouldn't mm-hmm. have been. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was and it was really
1: effective like I said. I thought this. So this episode was maybe the first directed by Lisa Joy, but it definitely I I noticed her name in the credits, and I thought she did a really good job. Mm -hmm. Like um, there's a certain kind of um, Wes Anderson quality to the whole um, Jim D'Alo scenes, like you know the routine he goes through and kind of the quirky things, props and stuff he's using. I thought that was really good. The scenes at the where the man in black is riding off with his posse in the sunset, and his daughter comes out of it, it is just gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought I thought she uh, she's got a real real eye for it. Yeah, yeah. I, I have zero complaints about the directing. I thought it was great.
0: Uh, the writing in this episode was also really good. Um, it went oh yeah beyond where I thought it was going to go, which was amazing. You know, and, and it didn't go overboard with it. Like you were talking about the the scene with. Delos carving up his face, I thought that was exactly what it needed to be and nothing beyond. Uh, Whereas like, you know, a lot of people are running thin with Dolores in in the latest episodes this season. So, to not have Dolores in the episode and to for it to pretty much universally be praised is like... Is Dolores an interesting character at this point? And it
1: almost feels like she isn't. I, but that the see, so like I guess after this episode I'm more firmly in the camp that to the extent that Dolores is bad, she's meant to be bad. Because mm. it's not like these people have forgotten to write badass sure. monologues. Dolores' monologues are written poorly. Which I think you're supposed to understand in contrast to the other ones that, yes, she is speaking in, like, circles and platitudes and, like, she's standing on a stage and it's her first night. Mm-hmm. But, you know, she didn't forget how to act. The writers didn't forget how to write. It's just they're doing something. They're, they're trying to set a contrast between her and Maeve. And, unfortunately, it's going to make Dolores, the character, <laughs> look shabby by comparison. But I do think that's going to build uh, into something that is interesting in its own right
0: yeah I, I think it's unfortunate though because Dolores was probably one of the more interesting characters right. in season one um, it was essentially her story for, for most of it um, whereas now the, the show has kind of shifted focus to you know what's actually going on with management in the park right. um, it shifted to William as the main character Right. I, I think those are all like natural places for the show to go but unfortunately it means Dolores has kind of taken a back seat
1: yeah. And Which is that, fine. I mean uh, characters
0: need to every once in a while. Yeah, and I think And, and that, we haven't seen as much of Mave as I would like. Like yeah. she almost seems to be treading water. I think her story is going to be interesting when she finally gets to, you know, some milestone in her journey. Yeah. But it hasn't happened yet. And it's it's kind of like, I just wish Mave would I, I know Maeve is gonna be a cool
1: character when she finally gets to where she's going. Right. Well I think it's I think it's kind of maybe also some of these some of the I guess treading water or treadmill aspects of these first few episodes are because of the way they ended last season, mm-hmm. uh, which we know a lot last season. They had a lot of rewrites. They had a lot of things. I, I think that they were unsure of where to pivot next. And it feels like a lot of these season two plots have been kind of like, you know, slowing down on the runway for, and, and then now like, it feels like the season two plots are actually beginning. Yeah. It's like, we got over everyone's natural questions over what would happen. Blah, blah. Now we're, we're, we're getting down to the business of actually revealing, uh, and it feels like everything's on pace. Like, uh, unlike last season where it felt like, you know, there's just a lot of character, a lot of mood building, and, and things kind of came together in the final few episodes. Like, we're getting some fairly satisfying revelations, and, like, I feel like I don't know exactly what everything's up to, but, like, the pieces are in place and people are getting I, – i I'm – yeah, I'm enjoying where we're at uh, at, this, at this point in the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that no, we don't have to do a whole bunch of world building. Right? I will say that before we move on that, like, if – and this is a big if. If if we are right about the fact that Dolores isn't intentionally a stagey character, that's a very generous performance that Evan Rachel Wood's giving. That, sure. like, I'm going to essentially, you know, carry or sandbag my performance to sell the fact that – I think her performance has been good. Well, I,
0: I wouldn't take anything away from the actress. What I would say is – that character is not very interesting
1: well that 's what i 'm saying, but like by taking a back seat like she was front and center for all of last season, and by taking kind of like a, even though she is still the star of the action she 's like not the best thing ever on this day like I think that again if it 's all show that's that's something that you uh, it's got to be something that 's tough as an actor it 's like you mm-hmm. know you're for for a greater effect you 're going to kind of suck for the first half of the season mm-hmm. again if we 're right if you know also like i guess if we're not right then i'm just just really <laughs> shitting, shitting on poor Oliver. poor rachel evan wood yeah uh, so and you're not even giving you the right rachel wood. god damn it <laughs> double <God>. shit double <laughs> shit on her <laughs> i guess
0: all right all uh, right i think we're done talking about the meta of yes, this show yes get me out of we, here we got to
1: get into the recap are you ready for that i'm ready before we get into the episode, got some housekeeping that I have to take care of. Uh, of course, you know about on the weekends, right after Westworld, we do the Instant Talk podcast. Uh, so it combines an instant take, which is Gemini's thoughts about the episode, with some participation from the audience in the form of uh, YouTube chat. You have to be a club member to participate in the chat part of it. Uh, but it's uh, after every uh, episode of Westworld. We're also considering The Expanse. Uh, on sci-fi, uh, bad news with the Expanse this, this week. Uh, sci-fi is dropping it, but we're hoping that it'll get picked up by Netflix or Amazon or HBO or somebody. For God's sakes, bald move, bald move is going. That's why we'll do the a club, Kickstarter. That's why the club is so important. It's 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 a laundry <laughs> service to to clean money to buy the Expanse. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll get to that a bit. Uh, This week, we're also seeing an uh, early version of Deadpool, uh, so we can have that review out by Friday during the release. That's exciting. Deadpool 2, I should be clear. I'm very excited about that. Uh, also getting very close to Con of Thrones time. It's going to be a party down in Dallas, May 25th through 27th. That's next weekend. You have a limited amount of time to lock in your tickets, make your arrangements to go to Thrones.net. Jim and I are going to be there hosting panels, interviewing celebrities, hanging out, doing cool stuff. May 25th through 27th this year, Dallas, net. Get your tickets now. Uh, also this Monday we got something that's kind of cool. It's usually a club feature, a live watch where Jim and I watch – a movie or television show and have humorous commentary, or just sometimes commentary, uh, but one of our uh, supporters uh, commissioned this as a, as a as a project to do a live watch of Hard Boiled, the 1992 uh, John Woo Chow Young fat classic. Uh, AJ, AJ's made that possible, and we're going to be releasing that on Monday. So if you have affection for that material or just want to see us have a good time with a Hong Kong action-philic That's dropping Monday. I think that's all that's going on this week at Bald Move. Okay, we start off with James Delos in a
0: a facility, let's call it. It's it's this round room. um, It looks like it came out of an IKEA catalog. It's the Life Neurotic. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, it's it's very much like the beginning of a Lost episode um, where you don't quite know where you are and none of this seems... It's Desmond in the hatch before it's, he panicked enters the code for the millionth time. It's exactly that. Um, and, and so much so that there is like, that's not the only reference. And when you go, okay, well, J.J. J. Abrams had a big hand in Lost. He's right. an executive producer on this show. There's got to be some some kind of thing that they're knowingly doing here. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, he's he's in the this facility thing when William comes to see him, and he conducts an interview of Delos to mm-hmm. establish some kind of baseline, is what he calls it, and capture his personality, essentially. Mm-hmm. And when Delos questions the validity of the interview, William presents him with a piece of paper, but we don't get to see what's written on it.
1: Yeah. Um... We will. We just don't get it yet can we talk about the, just the banality I, like what I what I enjoyed on subsequent watches after first one is the banality of what he's doing he's gargling and pissing at the same time he's jerking Jacking off him, yeah. and you realize that he's living in a glass dome mm-hmm. and he's actively being looked at and studied yeah that's kind of funny in and in a you know uh, I mean what do people are what are people thinking like oh this is a rich guy who's cloned himself in his consciousness and we're just wa like that's a weird job description. How did you get to that post? It. What was the hiring really process? Yeah. Was it internal? Was it external? Like, what kind of NDA is is signed? Because an it's, ironclad one. Like, like because it's not just like, oh, Jim Delos likes to jerk off. It's robot version of Jim Delos, which I guess it would be a super secret. It would be. Yeah. yeah I don't know. Maybe there. I feel like the NDA. Maybe involves, the watchers are like, hosts if you leak no. any
0: information we take yeah. your consciousness and put it into a
1: host and let it degrade yeah for like a year yeah like we can look what we can do to a rich and powerful person what do you think yeah. we could do to you it's it's the morgan freeman <laughs> batman speech you uh-huh. know? oh you think this is how we roll well um
0: yeah no that's that's a weird job for sure yeah. Um, but so stylistically, like we said, this is kind of weird for Westworld. It's much more like a Lost episode. Um, there's also this symbol on a, on the ceiling there yeah. in the middle of the room, which is kind of like a hexagon surrounded by a circle with a couple of dividing lines. And it looks kind of like the logo from Dharma,
1: from the Dharma Initiative mm. in Lost. Yeah. Yeah. Um, people I, notice I have it says they're they're leaning into that that in the credit sequence there's that symbol is over like the making the maker machine that's, that's printing out the host yeah
0: over the it, the it, woman and her baby
1: yeah it does seem like that that's a um i don't know something that that's uh it might be even just a piece of tech like you know dales might have been 3d printed in that room i mean there's mm-hmm. there's a whole lot can i get all of the questions i have about this fucking baseline oh, procedure sure. out of the way yes um so, uh, every time they try to create a gym, then – and I'm, I'm calling on you as the representative of gyms everywhere. Yeah, no every time they create gym. a gym, they call in William as he's degrading to give him this baseline interview. Why at the yeah. point where he's degrading? I don't. I don't expect to have. I'm going to propound you the bunch That's of questions. That's a good question because
0: I don't understand the need for the interview if you already know he's degrading.
1: Also, are you telling me that Jim Dalos would respond identically with? Or it's been 24 hours since he's been awakened. Seven days, 35 days, or is the idea yeah. that they essentially reset? He's on a loop that they reset for 35 days, kind of like a Dolores, maybe? Because there's no way he's going to have the exact same speech whether it's been. Any arbitrary a day amount or a of time. month yeah. Also, with this this thing where you get to thirty five days, how long do you hold this man before you unleash him into yeah. the world? And is that the kind of problem that William is like? You know, there's at no point where I'm going to trust that you're not going to turn into a murderous rutabaga, yeah. on the loose. So, also, final question: Why the fuck do they have to torch the entire room and facility every single time they do a termination?
0: I, th- I think these final two questions are linked. Um, I think that there was an interview out there with lisa joy who said this was a stylistic thing and it was in my opinion meant to evoke the hell that oh for sure at that final
1: scene it definitely does feel very right right. it's all bathed in red i mean everything is destroyed and he's carving his face and he's talking about seeing the devil from the bottom up and And like there's and as he grins there's literally flames of hell looking at him right and
0: i actually saw some pretty good analysis on this about james delos having made a faustian bargain essentially mm, um right. with the devil and and it ties into the line that he says about you know if, if you aim to cheat the devil right uh then you have to bring an offering yeah, or something to, like that you, yeah yeah have to make an offering uh and and in that case like it all kind of ties in together, and it's stylistic, and it's thematic, and, and you know, they don't have to burn all the furniture, sure, but right. th- it just ties into all that. Like
1: turning, like, yeah, I guess you can't them their stylistic choices. Sure. Um, so this is also, you're, you're talking about the devil and all that stuff, reminds me of the whole, you know, Riddle of the Sphinx. Yeah. Which we didn't talk about in the beginning, probably because we talked about it on Instant Podcast, but that's from uh, the Oedipus story. Uh, that uh, there was a sphinx that guarded the entrance to his city of thieves and wouldn't let anyone in or out without devouring them unless you answered their, its question correctly. And the question was, what goes in the morning on four legs, uh, in midday on two, and then evening three? And the answer is man, because he's born and he crawls around as a baby. As a as an adult, they walk on two legs, and then in, in, in their twilight years, they have to lean on a cane because they get infirm. Yeah. Uh, So, man, the answer of man is defined by the question of being mortal. Yeah. Like, that you have this cycle of birth and death, which means that Jim Delos can never be a man. Like, I I think that's something that you have to consider in terms of the Riddle of the Sphinx. That there's, you know, if mankind is defined by this cycle of living and dying, then a thing that does not do that cannot be defined as a man. Sure. And and
0: I almost think that that is why, you know, his... His new reality, not driving with his vision of his own reality, is what right. kind of drives him insane, right. uh, for lack of a better term. You know, it's what malfunctions yeah. in the host, and then this can all kind of be like it's very thematic through the whole episode. You know, mm-hmm. you you see like the the man in black talking about being death, and then and the host not knowing death. They can't possibly know death, right? Um, and, and and James Delos like now in this new body unable to know death even though he knows that he should be a dying man and right. somehow he feels fit as a fiddle right? right it it all is so incongruous for him right. that I think that's what breaks him down
1: yeah and it's also in direct contrast to William who continues to progressively age throughout all these sequences where, the, right. the, where James does not um, yeah there's a lot of really interesting things they're doing that you can and people have spilled barrels of ink over in the last few yeah. days no, but the writing is just so
0: good this episode. Uh,
1: yeah, yeah. And like I said, you know, the the idea of this baseline might not hold up to scrutiny, but I like the idea that that's one of the big questions about like if you were to transfer your consciousness in a, in a electronic body, like that's a very philosophical and, uh almost spiritual question, is that you? How would you know? And yep. like the idea that you would have these baseline experiments is a very simplified way of them saying, well, we've thought about this and here's our answer. Yeah. Um, Also,
0: I had to... Somebody pointed this out on Reddit as well, which I I have to say, like, more and more I feel like this podcast is about consolidating for people who don't have the time to do hours of research uh-huh. on reddit yeah the information that reddit has come up with because man i i don't have a tenth of the brain power that's going on, right. on Reddit,
1: and it's ridiculous like you some of the stuff that even gets highly upvoted i'm just like what yeah. is this <laughs> and it'll pro- it, watch it'll probably be true but like Absolutely. i'll never get yeah. that 20 minutes of like scrunching my forehead and looking that i get to the end i'm like no fucking way. So, like, <laughs> yeah. It's it's an important job. There's several people doing it. We're one of them.
0: Yeah. Uh, so uh, I, I was reading on Reddit, and somebody pointed out that this room that he's in uh-huh. is actually the room that if you log into the Dayless com website, uh-huh. uh, use the code, like, X-Omega-CH uh-huh. uh, as login. It will take you to, and it has for months, as far as I can tell, from last season, maybe. It's mm-hmm. taken you to this room where... Actually, when you first log in, it shows you a door. Right. And you click on the door, and inside the door is this room that James Delos is in. And they've been slowly filling it in with more and more furniture. Interesting. Over the course of time, and they have, like, little uh, things that you can click that will play clips from the episode that are Uh related. Huh. Uh, And so it was interesting to see that this is actually the room that we've been in the whole time and we haven't noticed.
1: Hmm. The other thing I
0: want And I wonder if we just answered what the door is, like is the door to everlasting life? Is that what Ford is trying to give William here? Well, like, I, yeah, we have, have a lot of theorizing to do right, in right. the speculation and theory right, section, right. but we we may be on to something there. And yeah. I say we as a community.
1: Yeah. Oh, I was going to point out the other, before we move on, Jesus Christ, we spent, I don't know how many minutes on this, this one part, part. but the other thing uh, that you'll notice, not only is William getting older, but they've got this motif of this hourglass, this very stylized yeah. hourglass, and it starts off in the first scene full and the second scene it's half empty and the third scene the 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 grains of sand have run out uh-huh. Is that uh, tied
0: to the riddle of the sphinx
1: it might be or it's like you know williams Pay. i mean i'm I'm just pointing <laughs> out that it's there yeah and it's yeah. interesting and it's you you can it's something you can also use the to to chart the passage of time because it's like man they really um on those scenes with Jim dalist I think they do such an excellent job of choosing what to show and what not to show and the things that are changed and different and the things that are the same and that's that's tough because if you, you i think the balance between the familiar so you know it's grounded in the same scene and new information it's it's a war between uh you know keeping the audience centered and and, and making it tedious um, and there's a real art to what stuff you show from uh, when you're doing like a groundhog's day type of thing, which is, this is broadly speaking is, mm-hmm. uh, I felt like they, I felt like they nailed it. Yeah. Like just any time where I got like on the verge of impatience of like, oh, this is just the same shit. There'd be just a slightly different expression or a slightly different, you know, the way that like Dalos would just look at himself in a mirror. I mm-hmm. think, uh, when you watch it on multiple times that there, that tells its own story. Yeah. All right. Jesus Christ. Let's get off of this scene.
0: Okay, I won't talk about him defunding the research of his own disease. Yeah, that uh,
1: that, that that also happened. Yeah. He's a real asshole.
0: Real. I, I mean, yeah, yeah they, that's, they, that's a dick move for everyone else who has that disease. But it, in my mind, that's when he made the shift to right. all in on the immortality thing.
1: But that's a good, like, that's great character building because we don't know much about Jim Dalos. Sure. Um, except for what the man in black says at the end of the episode about him being just a shit human being by all accounts and all areas of his life. And th- these little punctuation points are like the fact that <laughs> the Logan is his son as uh-huh. a big one. But like just little lines like that, like, you know, let us know what type of businessman and kind of like maybe what kind of long term insight that, that that he might have had. And I thought it's great. It's great
0: okay let's move on to the man in black and lawrence writing up on a railroad that is being constructed uh not from railroad ties but from the bodies of
1: humans that's uh, pretty disturbing live humans whether they're humans or hosts. i don't care they gotta be humans. i think they're human like it seems like that's on theme that the you know they're rounding up humans and making use of their bodies what would be the point of doing it with hosts I don't know. But the thing is, it's not structurally sound. There's no. no I absolutely. mean, that train's going to crash the, the, immediately. The, the, the tensile and compression strength of a human body is not nearly as good as wood. But what if they're hosts? But what if what, <laughs> what if they're hosts? Uh, uh, so the man in black recognizes this
0: track is not supposed to lead west, it's supposed to go north. And so he follows it to Las Mudas, which is Lawrence's hometown that we've seen before.
1: And that also re- like allows him to recognize that oh, this is part. This is a little marker. This is the, this is the uh, the the like the Zelda equivalent to a crack in the wall of a dungeon where you know you can put a bomb there and hear it do because uh-huh. it's something different than the man in black keys onto him and this is he's Ford. being. Yeah, I do. Like it's it's uh, he's being he's being led in inexorably west. All right, then we go to Clem, who drags Bernard
0: to a cave where she leaves him with a gun. And in the cave, uh, Bernard finds Elsie tied up. And this is is a pretty long sequence here, so I'm just going to describe the whole thing and then we can talk about it. Uh, He releases her. He tells her what's been going on in the park and he reveals that he's a host and all of what's been happening is part of Ford's game. He goes into seizures and Elsie helps him by booting him into safe mode, which triggers some memories of himself in a facility. And then when he wakes up... uh, he remembers himself going into the cave and uses that memory to find the secret entrance to a lab. Uh, and then inside, Elsie patches up Bernard with an injection of cortical fluid.
1: Um, wow, okay. yeah, I, that, that is like a whole page of my notes, so <laughs> okay uh, <laughs> So first of all, I was delighted because as I saw Clementine drag Arnold's ass, and you can see from the establishing shot, they're like a mile plus from uh you know Fort Lor- forlorn Hope. For Forlorn Hope. Uh-huh. Uh, and I'm like, man, his ass would be torn up if they did that. And sure enough, Bernard stands up and his ass is torn up. Yeah. I like that attention. That you cannot drag a grown-ass man uh, with his grown ass across the ground and not tear up <laughs> his ass. His ass is torn up. I, I like that. Yeah. Um. Uh. So do you think – one of the big questions is did Elsie just accept all this too fast – just to write speed. No. Uh, I had zero problems with okay. LZ accepting
0: this. She sees the code. Right. She's she's a programmer, she sees the code, she understands what's at work here.
1: Right. I like I agree. it's a shocking revelation to her, but it's not something that's unbelievable to me. And I, I said this on instant take. I, I my one of my personal pet fee, pee, pee, personal pet peeves. I'm eighty percent degraded. Apparently, <laughs> is when s- otherwise smart characters in television and movies don't accept things when they are given incontrovertible incrover- inc- con- con- proof. yeah. Of yeah. It. Like, you know, uh, being held... Like, like Bernard collapsing in front of her with a tablet that reveals that he's a robot. And mm-hmm. that she can scan him and, like, do all that. Like, she just put him in fucking safe mode, right? Yeah. It's like, it's like you know, if... if uh, You you find out one of your friends had a switch at the base of his spine. You could flip and they'd turn off. Like, <laughs> hey, you might have known him for a long-ass time. But guess what? You've known a robot for a long-ass time. Like, for sure. I, I liked it. I liked it. There was nothing... Now, you might say that her trusting of arnold is a little too much and too quickly like like accepting that he i'm not sorry not arnold uh, bernard mm-hmm. uh accepting he's a robot's one thing but then like to progressively just decide that you can trust him because you trust code it seems a little impetuous but not outside her character
0: yeah i Like I said, I didn't really have a problem with this. Maybe I just didn't think about it deeply enough. But
1: But I I think they tell that story because at first, like, Bernard's hands are tied up because Elsie's being very skeptical of her. You choked me out. And, you know, we were friends and coworkers. And how can I trust you? And then you know he reveals this mystery and then he defends her uh with his bare ass hands and then before you know by the end of the episode she's letting him carry the gun mm-hmm. which i think is showing you know even before she actually formally says okay I'll, we'll go I'll, I'll, I'll lie myself with you um i i don't know like that's something that you could debate about whether she's trusting him too fast but he does have this pretty sympathetic speech
0: about being does, a puppet right. you know of right. Fords, and now He's off the leash, and he's able to
1: make his own decisions and choose who he wants to be. If I was Elsie, I'd be like, oh, I'm liking what you're hearing, Bernard. Let me have the laptop again. I want to put in cornerstones. Elsie uh, uh, <laughs> cannot awesome. be lied to, <laughs> and Elsie uh-huh. must be protected above all else, including my own life. Okay. Yeah. I, I now trust the code over people. I'm good. But we didn't get that. We didn't get that. We didn't. Uh. What do you think okay, happened I, when Bar- Bernard rotates out of Westworld? That, he, that's he a just, really good question that Elsie asks. Um, yeah,
0: because I, I assume he doesn't ever leave Westworld. He, he just goes like the cold storage and just like yeah. waits or he's, Ford's cord sto- cold storage. Interesting. It's hard to say five times fast. I guess
1: that's true because like he could just be gone for like a week or two, yeah. and or just in a closet somewhere like Bender style from Futurama, uh-huh. and
0: and uh, Ford programs a vacation into his memory and right. boom he comes back and he's talking about it at the water cooler. Right. Right. Uh, okay, uh, I, there's so much I want to talk about, but I want to save a lot of it for later scenes. Okay, um, because it becomes more important and obvious in those scenes.
1: Why do the brain cores
0: look like cupcakes? Because these are the human brain cores. They do look <laughs> delicious. I like
1: so, they look so, tastier than Tide Pods. So, but... so it it looks to me like the host cores are white and yep. the human cores are red. Yep. Okay. That seems entirely likely. Um, it seems like that's something you would want like yes maybe maybe not even different colors maybe they physically shouldn't be able to plug into the same port mm-hmm. like you shouldn't be able to accidentally put a human consciousness into like imagine you know they play with this in Altered Carbon but imagine yeah. you plug a human consciousness into a buffalo or to a Bengal Tiger or mm-hmm. whatever like you don't want yeah. that to happen. No you definitely wouldn't. The color change is not a palette swaps nice but I'd prefer like a physical incompatibility mm-hmm. Anything else in this scene? or uh, I don't think alive? so. I, I do like the way the flashbacks are visualized. Like he's having an yeah. out-of-body experience seeing himself. I, I wonder, are we supposed to literally believe that's what he's seeing or is this all... Um... I
0: think so. Um, the the way they've described his memories kind of bleeding into his reality mm-hmm. or his, his current timeline so and he, him when... not knowing which is which yeah. makes a lot of sense to me that he would just be seeing different elements of those right. together.
1: I also liked how um, Jeffrey Wright chooses to play the dead-eyed Bernard flashbacks, like, where he's just, like, just deadpanned, kind of, like, it seems like his glass is a little lower in his face and his eyes are just kind of, like, really heavily lidded. He looks like a zombie, like, in the Caribbean sense of the word, like, he's uh-huh. been ensorcellated by Dr. Ford, for example. Uh, okay I think I'm done now alright we move to
0: the woman from the Raj who I'm just going to call Grace because that's the easiest way to refer to her in the moment okay? Um, and that's who we think she is at this point because why? Because, because of, of the IMDb IMDb, IMDb yeah. bullshit okay. because of the bullshit they posted that some jackass put on IMDb <laughs> uh, and I'm not even sure it wasn't Jonathan Nolan or Lisa Joy themselves I don't uh-huh. know uh-huh. but I'm going to call her Grace temporarily and by temporarily I mean the entire episode until the very end yeah uh so her, along with some others uh they are all bound and led to a camp where she meets a captive Stubbs, and we realize this is some kind of like near future flashback mm-hmm. or near present flashback uh Stubbs remarks that they're not harming the humans and he wants to get him out of there, but the human or the the woman grace is not interested in getting out. She has other plans. Uh, and she she has some interesting lines about other people tending to ignore the narratives of the natives, um, which is b- completely true to history and also uh, interesting in the context of this show. Yeah. Because we have not, other than, like, the last few episodes, not a lot of thought was given to the narratives of the natives right, right. We, we we talked about like the themes around the maze and stuff like that but the or we found the, the idea that themselves... there's a
1: design under the scalps interesting but yeah yeah but what are they up to like uh-huh. what what is
0: their actual role in the park what are they doing
1: yeah um, um and we... clearly there must be something significant because you know the man in black had a revelation and he's able to follow by studying them and apparently his <laughs> daughter has too
0: yeah Okay, then we go to... uh, Also, the other important thing here is Stubbs, right? This is one of the scenes that we get between him showing up with the security force on the beach and going missing in the last season. Right. Um, This kind of shows fills in a little gap on the timeline for him
1: uh also background detail there's like a bickering couple that we saw previously in this in the first season She's yes. wearing a purple dress and he's kind of dressed as like a dandy yep. you know james garner and Maverick. he puts down some kind of gunfight he street, does right? like doesn't he kill hector or maybe teddy like, I remember, like, he just, I, I can't remember who I, he actually I, I shoots, forget. but it's just like the way he's holding his guts is like, oh, can you believe it? Like, yeah. oh, you know, like, he's, like, just got the millionth ride on the fucking beast and got a t-shirt or something. Like, <laughs> it, it's 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 funny. And now he's like, oh, we're going to die all because of your stupid fucking fantasy. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Uh, so the man in black and Lawrence arrive in Las Mudas and get taken by Craddock, who is holding a town meeting in the church. We'll call it a town meeting. Uh, <laughs> he's trying to find their stash of weapons. And the man in black gets Lawrence to tell him where the weapons are and immediately gives up the location in order to make a deal. Which Uh, I
1: thought was pretty funny.
0: It was, yeah. Th- this whole scene is really good. And there's like, a whole
1: lot of like. There's like what what passes for human or humor in Westworld is like. You know, when uh, uh, the man in black says we're going to go to Las Mudas, and and uh, Lawrence starts up is like, oh, I don't know. And he's like, just just cut the crap, Lawrence. Yeah. I know your old lady's there, and you don't want to see her because you're a shit father. But like, I, I I like how the man in black <laughs> is just like, you know what? I'm I'm going to play this game. I, it's interesting because. I do think he gets a little caught up in it, and Ford's <laughs> consciousness calls him on it, and he says, "No, fuck you. This is just me playing the game at a level you're not expecting." Yeah, you think he protests too much, or maybe, maybe just, this is what it, playing it to the bone looks like. I think he's—I I mean, with all the stuff
0: he said about yeah. wanting to
1: play the real game
0: and wanting right. consequences—like he is playing the game that Ford has laid out for him. Yeah,
1: and, and some I don't interesting think speculation he's... in the speculation section about what all this might mean, but uh, mm. I, yeah, I, I think it's I. I just just without the speculation, I think you can read that line as, like, I think this is what he thinks he's doing, but he is getting caught up. Yeah. Because there are real stakes. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot easier to be, you know, it, it's like, uh, if you're playing a video game that allows you to be, like, like Infamous, like, for example, or Skyrim, or fucking Jedi Knight, or whatever, it allows you to be an evil character, a good character... Um, You can chew either one because it's not real But in the real world the evidence is Inconvertible that the vast majority of people Choose to be good mm-hmm. Like w- we, we might be naughty But we're overall good And like I think that's Maybe one of the things there like the man, man In black now that things are quote unquote Real and there's actually some real stakes Like he's it's a lot harder to Be just a complete asshole Absolutely even to idiots like Lawrence For example Mm-hmm
0: uh, and the other piece of comedy that I like here is when Man in Black finds where the guns are, and even having seen, you know, the, the reaction on Craddock's face when he says, "I want to make a deal," after sh- showing him what he does <laughs> to people who make deals, yeah, uh, is classic. I, I love it. It's it's so subtle. It's not. It's almost not even humor, but right.
1: but it's funny in context. And, and, and uh, Jonathan Tucker really plays this Craddock character with. Uh, it's been a long – like, what I really enjoyed about Justified is having very smart and articulate people, but they're still talking that kind of drawl that we yeah. associate with people that are not very intelligent or articulate. Sure. So, like, you always had – like, with Boyd and Raylan, you always had that – you know this draw coming out, but they're like, "Oh wow, this is." And and him just being like, "I don't think you know how negotiation works, dumbass." <laughs> it, it's really great. It is. Uh, yeah. And 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 it's very funny, especially when you think that the Man in Black is just selling Lawrence out uh, up the river, yeah. down the river, whichever way the river flows. Who knows? Uh, all
0: right, we go back to James Delos uh, and his routine, which this time involves dancing. You're telling me this guy's
1: going to have the exact same baseline (laughs) as the other one? I don't fucking think so. It's all
0: about the look in the mirror. (laughs) It's all about that look. Uh, William once again comes to see him and reveals that they've had this conversation many times. The swap has already taken place uh, via that piece of paper we were talking about earlier. Unfortunately, Delos begins to malfunction. William has to terminate him and start all over again. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I I said it in the instant take, but it's super encouraging to see this reveal done here in episode four because – that means that the rest of the season has bigger things in store. And right. I was worried that this would be the season long arc that we were. Well imagine on.
1: imagine if like in a lesser show if if like this had been the cold open for the next four episodes. Yeah. You know, just a, just a single interview and it's like, Oh man, it's gonna blow their minds when oh shit the internet figured it out in the first week.
0: Right. And yeah, I no, figured it out
1: in the first scene. Like it it's, was. So it's, freaking it's good obvious. that this is a single like that's another way to keep your secrets is confine them to a single episode. Yeah. You know, so like uh, you know and everybody can get points because everybody can say they saw it coming.
0: <laughs> but Absolutely. who cares?
1: Because it's uh, it's fun. It's fun. Mm-hmm. And it tells us a lot of interesting stuff about the world.
0: Yeah, and I really think that all of this dancing and stuff kind of um, – it, it, it leans into my feeling that the reality, the incongruous nature of his reality mm-hmm. is what sends him off the deep end. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you can see, like, he's dancing and he feels great. But here's a man who knows he's dying and he should have this cough. He should feel bad sure. all the time because that's how he felt before. Right. And he
1: looks in the mirror and he's he doesn't recognize himself, right? Right. There is a very odd look he gives himself. Like yeah. something is wrong on a subconscious level.
0: Yeah. and to me that's saying, "Hey, my
1: mental being here doesn't match my physical being." Yeah, you know, cuz we there, there's a term called like uh cognitive dissonance when yep. you're like, you know, uh this might have been invented by uh um George Orwell, right? Mm. Okay, 1984 guy. Yeah, Yeah. thank you, thank you. I just, like, every once in a while, I'm like, I get a name right. I'm like, no, surely I didn't. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it's kind of dissonance, like, when you've got two um, opposed ideas in your head that you view as correct. Like, you know they both can't be right, but you've just been, you know, like, it's it's, it's that feeling, like, almost your head's buzzing. Mm -hmm. But I I wonder if there's such a thing as physical dissonance. Like, if your brain is put in someone else's body, like, to what? Like, I mean, obviously, if, like, you know, you're six foot tall and you're put in a five foot tall body, there'd probably be all kinds of problems. But, like, what if it's so close? It's like an uncanny valley situation. Mm-hmm. This is like, like, like is, is Jim Delos uh, experiencing physical dissonance, knowing that he's a sick man and he's now have a suddenly healthy body? Because it does yeah. seem like that makes the situation worse. Like, when he stands up and says, I'm fit as a fiddle and I just need to get yeah. some fresh aid and all that like things start going bad when he starts dwelling on the fact that the gap between how he feels and how he should feel i don't know you might be onto something there uh it's also interesting like
0: juxtaposed with the host like um the host kind of had a an experience of coming to consciousness right like you you talk about these two separate ideas that he has to reconcile like he he can't james james dalos can't help but try and reconcile those two ideas whereas the hosts haven't really had ideas to reconcile right they've had Mm -hmm. this like bicameral mind but it was it was a very different thing than holding two ideas in their head at the same time it's 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 almost like one is a path to consciousness and one is a path to insanity (laughs) Mm, right uh i don't know if they're going for that intentionally but who knows um I have a lot of questions like this concept is an interesting one, I think, of moving someone from a human body into a host body. And right. it's something that without their knowledge. Uh, Yeah. No, that that's the interesting thing because it almost I guess it wouldn't have to be without their knowledge. Right. Uh huh because you could put them in the operating table. And
1: actually, I'm not even sure how it would be without the I mean, We don't know enough about how the process, they fucking yeah. did this thing because like yeah, if you take the brain scan and then cuz there's a scene in the first one where he's like sitting there with like electrodes on his head and like he's doing some kind of tests like at, I guess if you just if 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 you took the scan early enough before you actually before you actually died. I I don't know. I I I want to know more information. This was a yeah. nice bit of world building, but it just leaves me hungry for more. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like how how could you do that without their knowledge? And I guess that's the ultimate, like if they themselves don't know and no one, I mean that's a very philosophical point, but if you yourself don't know that you're not yourself and Doesn't none of matter. your closest friends and associates, <laughs> right. it's like the, the California thing. Uh-huh. If you can't tell you're not in California, does it matter?
0: Yeah, and I like that line because it's a callback to season one when William right. shows up at the park for the first time. Right. The host that... That greets him says he asked if you're real and she says well if you can't tell does it matter that does bother me though like
1: if like yeah um it, I guess before you transfer my body into a host it would ma- it, it bothers me the idea that I couldn't know that I'm actually have a continuity of consciousness and experience mm-hmm. but universe doesn't give a shit and if I myself don't know it and none of the people around me does it really matter like why does it yeah. seem like it should matter well because there's this idea of
0: making like keeping you you right Right. like i still want to be me when i'm in this thing right uh but like are you you if you're transferred if your consciousness is transferred to another body via like this control unit thing right that is quite
1: clearly artificial like it's
0: it's printed on a 3d printer
1: like this whole idea like i guess what i'm getting at is this seems like a very biologically biased conversation because Mm -hmm. if you have a traumatic experience are you you anymore Sure. Like, if you're tortured for a lengthy amount of time and it changes your personality and the way you are, are you still you? Mm-hmm. Like, if you have a car wreck and now you're, like, having traumatic distress about that, if someone, you know, abused you as a child, if a dog attacked you, like, what What experiences that change who we are are organic and fine and what, like, is not? Like, so if you're, we're talking about, like, there's a little bit of loss of who you are, like, let's say it's 99.9%, f- 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 you know, fidelity, okay? Yeah does that matter is that worse than like if you got kidnapped and tortured for a couple of days like, right it would I, change you as a person you might yeah. come back
0: unrecognizable
1: yeah people might say I don't even know it's like it's like a, it's like a person is a changed person after their parents died or whatever it's yeah. it's you know it was bat you know fucking Bruce Wayne became Batman after a certain <laughs> amount of trauma like, uh, I I don't think he's the same person like, I'm sure his DC Comics have explored what, what would happen to Bruce Wayne if his parents hadn't died but like and this is asking, you know, the inverse
0: question, like yeah. how how close can we get to you? Because there's clearly the element of mimicry here, right? Yeah. Like it's not I, I I wonder how much of it is actual transfer of some kind of brain patterns and right. how much of it is Bernard. What what Ford did with yeah. Bernard, because they they're clearly iterating on this right. procedure, right? And I I would think that if they had scanned him right. that there would be no iteration in the, the software part of right. it. It would almost be an iteration either in the physical control unit yeah. um, that could house, you know, or more accurately house his brain mapping, or right. or maybe they're even doing what Ford did with Bernard, and they're just trying to get his mannerisms down. Right. Like are, how, is that you? If, if something is identically mimicking you, is that you? And, and it right. has, like, all of your same thought patterns and responses to things that's an interesting question do you think some
1: of this panic is the same like some people are irrationally afraid of airline travel even though it's statistically proven to be the safest form of travel but like in their car they don't think about how they have thousands of pounds of metal rushing around them and and people who are drunk and didn't get enough sleep and who are texting on their phone and trying to apply makeup like that doesn't terrify them being out of control someone else behind the wheel so like like if you get tortured or you go through a war or you go through an autumn like your reactions to that we tell ourselves are in our control even Mm -hmm. though there's a lot of research that says You don't have a lot of control over how you handle these. It's kind of, you know, it's uh, but but in theoretically, like you can like uh, in response to this, I can be a tougher person or in response to this, I can take drugs or in response. Whereas if, you know, you just give your mind over to guys in lab coats and say, well, I hope you make me ninety nine point nine percent me like what's lost in translation is out of your control. Mhm. So like you're 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 and the captain of your own life and you can you can you can do whatever you want and if it changes you, you we tell we like to tell ourselves that those are all results of actions we took even though probably not true.
0: What's really going to bake your noodles yeah, is, right? is when I tell you that you think you're having this conversation organically <laughs> but I know that you watched the Jeffrey Wright short on HBO Now last night. <sighs> and that this is the subject of that essentially. Do you, uh, is Being it out of control on a plane that's experiencing turbulence. Because yes. Because I've
1: been thinking about I've been thinking about what that means a lot. Okay. And why why Vanity was a Vanity Fair and HBO or who or I don't The Atlantic. Know. It's The Atlantic and HBO that jointly made that thing. Why they make it like I could probably talk 10 minutes on it. I don't know if it belongs in Westworld. <laughs> Maybe
0: not. Uh, <laughs> it's interesting though. If you if you have HBO now, go check it out Yes. Yeah. It's, it's pretty cool. Uh okay should we move on yeah let's do it all right um so credit does find the weapons cache and inside it he finds a bunch of nitro which he uses to let's say torment and then blow the hand off of the town's only bartender mm-hmm. that's the scene i don't think that's
1: going to help his career i don't know maybe he's better left-handed <laughs> <laughs> And just got a shaky right hand like Bernard. Yeah, his left hand's like a fu- the rock of Gibraltar. But how's he going? <laughs> right. How's he going? Un- how's he going to unscrew bottle lids? I guess it's his all mouth. corks. It's all corks. Yeah, you just bite the cork, pull. You're yep. done. Okay, he's, he's a, good. He's a better, arguably better bartender. You've convinced <laughs> me. I don't know what to. I don't know what to do with this scene.
0: Uh, so we're going to move on. All right, Grace and Stubbs and the others are taken to the Lakota leader, the uh, Ghost Nation leader when it looks as if they're going to be killed grace makes a run for it fortunately for Stubbs, the Lakota don't kill anyone instead leaving them on a beach uh, I'm calling them the Lakota now because that's the language that they're speaking mm-hmm. um, so I assume that's the tribe that they are uh, I, I, I don't
1: know, know if that's true but like I don't think can, people can kill you for making that mistake I mean it's definitely the language they're speaking right so right but well, I mean, but I, I, don't know. What, I how, what I'm saying is, like, I speak English, but uh-huh. like, would I be offended if someone called me a Scott? I wouldn't, but I feel, you know, like, it's,
0: I feel like it's different with the would. Native
1: Americans. No, though. I get it. Yeah. I'm just saying, I don't know. Like, there go. Like, is like is like the tribe, nation versus dialect. I don't, I don't, I don't know, know, know enough to say for sure. So, right. let's we're, stick if with if the we're being intentionally, we're not being intentionally no, offensive. Certainly. Uh, so, Zach McLaren's character, Akecheta, mm-hmm. Um you might recognize him from the demonstration with Logan a couple episodes ago. Yep. You only live as long as the last person who remembers you. S- interesting. Mm-hmm. That's essentially the plot of the Pixar film Coco. Like, based on, <laughs> okay. like, the, the, these Mesoamerican traditions where the Day of the Dead, like, that's why they put the faces on the spirit walls and stuff. Because gotcha. you want your family to come back and support you. And when everyone forgets you, no one lights a candle, and then you can't come back. And then you actually experience your second death. Um, mm. Which is it's an interesting philosophical question. Like, will Beethoven live forever? Uh, you know Sargon. Like, who's the first human that lives that that will live forever and in, and mm-hmm. in, in people's memory? Um, I assume
0: it's the person who does in fact live forever.
1: Well, it's interesting because like I'm I'm reading this book called uh, Sapiens, and there's a little there's an interesting little vignette about uh the the earliest clay tablet from. Uh, Mesopotamia where someone has a receipt for something and it's actually got a signature from some low-level official. It's like this is the first person in history that we know hey you're not just a bone or a f- guy who we d- dug up from a bog. We like we fucking know your name. Like someone mm-hmm. on the street probably said hey like I, the guy's name's like Kushnan or something. Hey mm-hmm. Kushnan what's up? Like yeah. that's a but. but no one knows like anything beyond like who do you know more familiar, more intimately? The guy you dug up from the bog, and you got the contents of his stomach, and the t- tribal tattoos, and how he died, or the guys who the first recorded name in history? Yeah, I don't know. No, I, I I do think it's probably the first person who attained some form of immortality. What is this? So why 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 are they doing this to us? Why why are they <laughs> dropping this quote? Why is this Native American dropping this this? kind of western philosophy quote on this guy before he fake kills him
0: man that's a damn fine question i mean this is this, this, an it. it.
1: all tied up in the immortality question yes. calling lazarus from the tomb and all this other stuff but uh, you know we're we're not meant to know it yet this game's no, not for us yet
0: not yet all right then we go on to uh, bernard who having been fixed up temporarily wakes up to see Elsie looking at the encryption on the lab and he says he recognizes it and he thinks he's been here before, but it's hard to tell when he is. Uh, and he remembers himself initiating a new build of some kind of, like I'll call it a spherical structure. Uh, it's a ball, a red ball, which he thinks they were using to build hosts with different code, which wasn't really code at all. Not really. I don't know. This, these are all things he says. Uh, Elsie finds a door that is sealed and begins to open it over protest from Bernard, who keeps phasing in and out of his memories.
1: It's interesting that a human consciousness captured looks distinctly different from a host? Uh, yes, it does. Um,
0: I suppose. We haven't seen what's inside. I mean, that's what
1: Bernard says. It's, it's code, but it's not really oh, code. Oh, the code for it. Like yeah, the structure yeah. of a human consciousness looks recognizably different than from a host's narrative. Right. I guess if you're analyzing them.
0: Yeah, it seems to. Um, and I think the most interesting thing here is that he has seen this code before. And mm-hmm. I think we recognize it from uh, looking at Peter Abernathy. Yeah, is that is that the place he's seen it before?
1: Uh, I I think that might be what we're supposed to intimate, but this, like this that makes is assu- the most that sense. is assuming things that we have not have not been actually in evidence or proved.
0: So my my working theory is that, and it almost seems because obvious at this right. point, and that's a dangerous word with Westworld, but it almost seems obvious at this point that what is in Peter and Aber- Abernathy's head is not. The the collective, or maybe it is the the collective experiences in DNA of everyone who's visited the park, but it's also that's another thing I think the consciousness think of think James about. Delos. You think so? Yeah, it, because you see a lot of the same symptoms coming from Peter Abernathy and his coping with this personality in his head, right? And I don't huh. think the flimsy personality he's given by Lee. I don't
1: think he can access it. Are you saying that human all human consciousness in these codes are encrypted? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I just don't know why Delos Corporation would give a shit about the Jim Delos project. Really? Yeah. Like why? Like why the, wouldn't they? Well, I mean, yeah, this in is, my mind, this Jim is the, Delos is dead. He's uh-huh. been dead a long time. Probate has happened. His widows died. His died. But it's not died. about James Delos. It's about what he represents. But what does as he, he represent?
0: He, he represents the the future of humanity, the immortality of the human being, which
1: is the ultimate product. Like like the research around his project, sure, but his actual consciousness, I'm not so sure. I mean, you might be yeah, right. I, I I just
0: that seems like the most important thing is to right. get that structure that they've been working on for thirty plus years right. out of the park and. Yeah. Uh, a, I have big questions about why they have to work on this thing in the park. Uh-huh. It seems much safer to work on it outside of the park uh-huh. in a secret lab in the real world.
1: Right. Well, maybe we we'll wouldn't uh, let him. I mean, there is there is a lot of information here about Ford just not letting people let get information out of here. He like architected it to be secure that way. Yeah, now, and that always b- bugged me because I'm like, really, really, nobody has ever came up with a drone printer offsite or. But like... it's clear
0: that nobody knows about these labs now. Yeah. well, Ford, Ford obviously to. has to, yes. but he's the only we... one. And so, if you say that, well, management said, like, just, has Just to make labs, sure we we
1: make this point, why do we say we know Ford knew about because it? Because he sent
0: Bernard to grab exactly. the control unit.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Um, so to say, like these are secret labs that only management knows about. Charlotte, obviously. Yeah knows about um and to say that
1: they couldn't get data out of them yeah i think is a little weird let me ask you this um is no no i'll wait till the speculation it's a little it's it's, it's, it's it might <laughs> might be it might be in the realms of speculation
0: okay um i don't know let's move on to uh the scene with craddock having his men beat up lawrence He tells the man in black that he's well acquainted with death and send Lawrence's wife out nice and slow to deliver Lawrence a shot of nitro. Uh, The man in black surveys the scene of death and recalls his own experience with death when he discovered his wife's suicide. Uh, At least we think that's what he's seeing here. Yeah. Uh, And then he tells Craddock that he didn't recognize death sitting right across from him this whole time. And then he proceeds to kill every last motherfucking one of them, Mm. culminating in forcing the shot of nitro intended for Lawrence down the throat of Craddock and allowing Lawrence to blow him to pieces.
1: It's a great scene. This is a great scene. Yeah. Uh, I want to call an an Easter egg. The uh, musicians that Craddock angrily insisted to keep playing, the one holding the guitar, is actually uh, Ramin Jawadi. I'll... I'll echo Craddock here. I think he needs to keep playing. Yeah, he needs to keep playing.
0: He's done a damn fine work so far.
1: I thought that was cool. I also want to say just, like, again, how beautiful this shot is with the, the water streaming off the, the different surfaces, blending mm. in with the man in black finding his ex, who appears like she's slit, maybe slit her wrists. Like, yeah. there's a lot of people like, oh, is it... Is it important that the details he gave last season about his wife's death, that she died of an overdose, and like, he, thought it was, he, he said it was an accidental overdose, then his mm-hmm. daughter said that she killed herself on purpose, and then, like, how much of that is, like, indicators that we're supposed to pay attention of it? Um, there was someone that posted a thread in Reddit that says it's a well-known phenomenon that survivors... The survivors of a or, or the 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 relatives of someone or the friends of someone who committed suicide often fabricate details of their suicide to protect their dignity and their memory. Sure. Um like if you hang yourself jerking off, uh I'm not expecting your family members to be like, "Oh yeah, he was totally auto auto erotic asphyxiation all the way, just got caught up in the game, man." <laughs> uh so it, it's possible that he's telling different things to different people. Um is it David Carradine in this tub? There's Is that David what you're in This tub. <laughs> a, uh, a... I I I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. Like it's. I mean, he's just. I think that's exactly what he's doing. Right. He's he's simply telling a story to kind of gloss over the gorier facts. of it. Right. Like pills. Like like that's that's something that maybe someone could accidentally overdose on. Where and it, like, the guilt slit. that he feels. too. And it could be a combination. She took some pills and she also slit her wrist. Like yeah. there's like all kinds of different ways this could be true without it being some kind of like trickery or right. You know, well, I don't think
0: it means anything more than what we've been shown.
1: It could, but yeah, that's a that's yeah. a fair statement to be like probably not. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, I mean, the dialogue here is is so good. This monologue from yeah. uh, Man of Black about death. Death doesn't change. It's he's yeah. not. Death is the only thing that's true. He doesn't waver. And versus Craddock, who hasn't experienced a true thing in his life, which is death. What, yeah, death and is also, the only thing that's true. Which. Plus, his whole life has been a bullshit narrative. Like, it's literally sure. true. It's metaphorically true. It's all kinds yeah. of true.
0: Yeah, uh, and I think it's it's interesting that these hosts can't know death, right? Yeah. I mean, the only thing they they can know is survival. Right. Um, but I... I like going back to what Dolores said in the last episode. But I, I do think... It's weird. Like, what do you consider death? The, the inability to ever come back, I guess? Like... Um, it's what Arnold, or maybe Arnold, maybe Bernard, right. says about, you know, the 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 irreplaceableness being the essential right. quality that makes something real. And that's
1: something that's changed throughout human history. You know, there was, was a time yes. where your heart stopped beating or you stopped breathing, then you were dead. And mm-hmm. then we invented CPR and, you know— uh, what are the electroshock machines that break that can restart your heart rhythm and like there's all like and you know you can be drowned under a frozen river for 30 minutes and you're still not dead and nowadays so right. as that continues to get better and better um, like our idea of what death is like you get to the extremes of altered carbon where yeah. as long as your stack is intact you're not dead in a legal real sense
0: and this is why world. I say I don't think the host can ever truly know death because they can always be recreated you know, um, well, they're, they're essentially the summation what is some, of their narrative. What is
1: something that's like, like it does not that conflict with what uh, Arnold or uh, what Arnold said in the beginning of the season, that something's real if it cannot be replaced. Uh, yes. So yes. they might not be able to experience. So you're saying that 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 is a hard like they can't be real because they can't experience death. They, maybe they can't. Maybe they can't be real under that definition.
0: Human. I think the definition I think that is the human definition of real. Right whereas i think the host would have a very different definition of real sure sure um we're limited by the the nature of our physical form which hmm. is guaranteed to die right um and when when you say something like you you've never known a true thing in your life and death is true um i think what he's saying is you can't possibly die and therefore you don't know death right uh i don't know it's it's just it's poetic, uh it's meaningful, it's badass, like it's yeah. all the things you want from a that This action
1: scene is a million times better than the the entire assault yes. on the fort because there was real stakes. Uh-huh. I gave a shit about the protagonist, I liked and gave a shit about the antagonist. Much I better understood. filmed. I understood. Both. I understood both of their uh motivations mm. and yeah. Yeah, like that's like it's so much better. So yeah. much better. Even though it was not nearly as fancy, there wasn't four stage pyrotechnics and dune buggies going everywhere this this is the kind of action i want to see out of westworld if they cannot do like <laughs> hundreds of hosts tr- versus ho- hundreds of humans battles and have me care about it maybe yeah. maybe that's the point because again the dolores storyline is some fake ass bullshit maybe uh so could be it's not maybe entirely like maybe you're supposed to prefer this smaller stuff I what mean, is, it's cheaper to film. It's got to be right. <laughs> absolutely. They're training us. They're training us to like, oh, you like, you, you want a big battle here? We're going to just punch ourselves in the dick filming it. <laughs> How about this stuff? You like this? Yeah, we can film this for like a thousand bucks. What uh, did you find out about nitroglycerin?
0: Because I know you went and did a whole so bunch of looking. I just
1: so. I don't know. I could find anywhere to suggest that if you drank nitroglycerin and got shot in the belly that you would or would not explode. It does seem <sighs> that you can drink nitroglycerin without any immediate short-term effects. Long-term, like the lethal dose for nitroglycerin is like 200 milligrams per kilogram, which for a guy my size oh, is like 25,000 milligrams uh and that's not like grams. an immediate death also i know that nitroglycerin has a taste it's described as sweet and hot as in like an alcohol kind of hot so it tastes like a sweet and this it, out it's it's got well i'm sure people who've actually fucking tasted it who why would you so um anyway like i'll, I'll get to that in a minute <laughs> okay. um but it's, so it's 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 also described as oily. So I imagine it's kind of like an oily, like like sweet uh, and and alcohol, like hot, like oh, kind of hot the, the mixture. Um, mm. I guess people like it wasn't uncommon for people to get exposed to this shit when they're working in factories, like Just like fireball, because it can it can absorb through your skin. Uh, you know, if it sprays on you. But I'm sure some I like in human history. The number of people who have, out of bravado or whatever, poured themselves a glass of of nitroglycerin and just drank it for just, like, fuck you, that's why, is not zero. So and that person, uh, his experience has made it into Wikipedia. Uh, Hmm. So I'm like, it's plausible – Whatever, like yeah. if the MythBusters is still around, I'd love for them to test this shit with some kind of human <laughs> right. analog made out of a pig. Oh, yeah, pour a shot down a pig's pour throat. Pour a shot down a pig's dead shoot pig's his throat. Belly. Shoot him in the belly. See what happens. But ah, eh, I'll, I'll I'll allow it. Yeah, and the whole like, don't worry, amigo. I'm here right now, watching over you as he does this. I just thought was was amazing. Yeah, um,
0: uh th- there's also a really good moment where. Craddock is dancing with Lawrence's wife, which mirrors what we saw he, uh, Man of Black do in season one when he took her for a spin. He took her for a spin and then mm-hmm. killed her. Yeah. Like it's, I, I don't know what they're trying to say with that necessarily. Right. Um, if maybe the Man in Black has had his fill of death, it doesn't seem like it because now he he has become death yeah. essentially. Yeah, but I thought it was a
1: nice mirror. Yeah, no, I did too. Um, man of Black got shot once. Yeah, uh, in the neck in this scene, just grazed. <laughs> I thought he got shot in the chest, but it turns out because like, I, I freeze framed the slow mode, but he, the 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 shot, the second shot that it looked like he took actually hit the wood beam above his head because hmm. you can see like the impact and there's like some dust that rains down from it. Yeah, he'll just punch through a wall and grab him. Right, okay. he'll be he'll be fine. Yeah. he'll heal up.
0: All right, we're back to James Delos in this room. Take three. Um, the modern day take take two, right? Uh no,
1: this is the third time, right? Because it's Ed. This is the Ed Harris one.
0: Uh yeah, I guess there are four then. Okay.
1: Oh uh, yeah, you're right. I the was, final one. The yeah, post. I was thinking
0: there were three, but you're right. Yeah. There are four. Uh, so the modern day William shows up to conduct the interview one more time. Um, we recognize him as the Man in Black. This time, William explains that the project has failed because his mind is rejecting reality, rejecting itself. Also, he's changed his mind. People aren't meant to live forever, and he tells James that Juliet and Logan are both dead. And then leaves him to suffer without terminating him,
1: mm-hmm. and observe
0: it, the degradation.
1: And he just takes everything from this man. Your daughter's dead. Your wife's dead. Your son's dead. Uh, everyone's theory involving Logan and my daughter, and then scheming against me—all dead. Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, everything you care about is gone, and, and no one is coming to rescue you. Yeah, uh, it's 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 pretty cold, and you got to think that. Uh I I bet that the death of Juliet is somehow bound up in here and the rejection of his daughter is somehow explains why he is now fed up with the whole Delos project. Oh,
0: I thought you were going to say like she killed herself because she found out about her father's That's not
1: that's fate. not that's not not on the table. <laughs> not, not possible. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. I it's like we there's still a lot that doesn't strictly make sense. Like the fact that mm-hmm. you'd be some come become so detached from your husband because of his Westworld visits that you'd kill yourself. I don't know. I mean, people kill themselves for all kinds of reasons. Sure. Um uh who who's to say? But uh that's definitely a, a leading contender like just being creeped out that your dad's being Lazarus and then burnt to death for for x amount of time or you know x number of times. But your your initial point was, was something else? No. I don't remember what my initial point was. Oh. Okay. Although I do think it's like, it's also telling that, so James wanted to save himself, but there's no provision to get uh, his wife. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's all about him, right? Nothing about yeah. his wife, nothing about his daughter. Like, it was all about him. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you, yeah, I wonder what kind of legal instrument he has in his will that kept... Like, how can you be pronounced dead but keep your company spending all this money to bring you back? Um, it I,
0: might be easy if the goal of your company is to make money by bringing you back. So you're, like, like
1: essentially the first subject.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're, you're the prototype, you yeah. know, for a product that they're going to be offering. Right. <laughs> which is the the human-to-host conversion.
1: I wonder if there's some humans that are harder to simulate than others. Like, you'd think, like, brash assholes, like, like a meek person that's agreeable mm-hmm. would be a lot harder to get a baseline on. Because what would you say to them that would rattle them, you know, or get them to, like, def- hmm. you know, get all fucking flustered?
0: Yeah. What if you're a mute?
1: Right. Yeah. That would probably be a hard baseline to get. First, you'd have to teach to make sure the mute understands sign language or some form of communication. Then, then you got to do the, ba- yeah, do the baseline. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you're, you're right. There's, like, a lot of different, uh, a lot of different things, so many different variables, <laughs> I will just say, I doubt this is meant
0: for the poorest or the most unfortunate among us. Right. I bet, oh, if sure. I had to guess, this is only for the elite 1%, Right. who can afford to put their More brains than in those bodies. Maybe
1: 0.1%, maybe 0.01%. You yeah. think so? How expensive do you think it's going to be? You You pay. You, 30 years ago, you pay 40 grand. How expensive grand. is it to make 149 copies of your dumb ass and keep you in a glass no, laboratory no, 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 that no, gets no. incinerated not, every single thing? To, no, but we're going to scale, right? While you're right?
0: monitored around the clock. and <laughs> You don't have to do that with all of them. I would imagine. <laughs> yeah, the first couple,
1: they just get... <laughs> no, no, I,
0: I'm thinking this is a process
1: they're they working out. They just get out. shit out on some empty pouts behind the fucking do. Walmart <laughs> and just like, nah, nah, this guy, this they, guy is not Jim. You should see the hell going on behind Walmart. <laughs> it's just, It's And that's just, before they put the host back there. <laughs> yeah, this is, that's, that's the first few dozen are just decanted back behind some back alley. He's <laughs> like, he can't even make it to his feet. Torch him. Get the I, I, guys in the flamethrowers out here. I do think it's a little weird that a lot of people
0: are speculating that this operation was meant to continue and that that's indicated by William leaving James to to degrade and observe him. Oh, yeah. I think what he's doing is torturing James.
1: I agree, but he also... He has no intention
0: of continuing this project, because we know that he goes into the park to blow this whole fucking thing wide open, right? Like, yes. he's trying to burn the place down. What does he care? Well, like, that's... Why is he going to
1: continue a project that he's trying to destroy? Uh, I don't know, because, like, what all this... I, I think I think there's room for it to be both true. He's obviously trying to torture De- Jim Delos out of some you know animal desire because he's unhappy with his life but all that shit he's saying like you know like that the, 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 none of that was actionable right it's not like he dictated on official do, you know paper like i'm terminating this project except for i want to keep my stepfather's clone alive as long as possible for me to torture him mm-hmm. like I, you know he might think better like obviously he's coming out of this experience with the host rebellion with the idea that no 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 i gotta put an end to all this but like did you know, when he went in for a two-week vacation in the West World, is that was his intention or was he hoping to clear his head or like I, I don't know. Or he's hoping to find the game behind the game. When did he when did he discover the game behind the game? Like there's so many yeah. things we don't know about yeah. his motivations. I
0: do hope they they fill more of that in cuz it's interesting. Okay, we move to Bernard and Elsie entering the room uh, that they blow the door open to and they find that it is the same one that James Dallas was being kept in and they enter and find it completely trashed and the man himself thoroughly insane. Uh, Delos tries to kill them, but Bernard is able to subdue him, and on their way out, they terminate Delos.
1: I wonder how the young technician died when, like, the park's security systems got overridden. Uh, is that what happened? Uh how what happened like like there's a young technician that is saying hey shouldn't we terminate this guy and you know ed harris says no 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 he's dead in the room with dalos and mm-hmm. he was on the outside of the laboratory right. so it felt the, like to
0: me like it was that, when the that park's prisoner safe. trick where you you start choking on your own vomit or whatever and <laughs> they come in and you oh, really they, b- did that they hit him over the guards, head yeah.
1: guards i'm choking on my own vomit uh, i mean how else does it happen right like it could be during Bernard, maybe during bernard's Invasion, yeah. That he, we're going to find out there that he and, went in there and killed the human. Because there's also, he, he left one drone Delos. alive, too, which I don't understand. Why wouldn't he kill James? I don't know. Like I said, why would he leave a single drone alive if it was important to break all of their necks? Yeah. Like, there's many things we still don't know about these scenes. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, do you Bernard kind of goes into beast mode to protect Elsie here. Yeah. Is that just because, like, I don't think he has any special combat capabilities. He's just less insane than Delos, so he easily gets the advantage of him, right?
0: Yeah, it it seems like it. Um, I, I can't tell how far through this whole procedure James has gone. Like, has he gone to the other side where... He's no longer malfunctioning. He's just insane.
1: Well, so that's... Or is he still partially malfunctioning, which is why Bernard is able to just karate chop If, him. if you hearken back to a lot of the philosophy that Dr. Ford dropped on us last season, his uh, one of his thesis was that sentience equals suffering, mm-hmm. that you have like an organism yeah. has to go through pain to evolve and change. It's entirely possible that uh, if you let the situation play out, you might have a horribly scarred for the rest of his life, individual, but he's he'd be sane. Like his his consciousness has found a way to adapt to although I don't know what kind of intelligence you'd be left with because he's he's talking some really crazy cold blooded shit about the yeah. devil and Yeah, you know. I, I mean <laughs> He's, he's off the deep end. Why did else, uh so there's a couple of things I want to point out. Uh, number one, it's interesting, if you look at the man in black from this first episode when he first started playing the game, his face looks a lot like Jim Dalos after he'd carved it up because it'd been spla- he'd been injured and he'd been splashed with hmm. blood. Do you think that's intentional? And if so, what parallel— <laughs> man i didn't even are they drawn the second I didn't draw that parallel <laughs> why did lc not shoot jim she she shot the drone easily when it started mm-hmm. menacing her why did this crazy guy holding a shard of glass with his face all carved up coming at her didn't trigger that same response
0: doesn't she ask in this scene was that a human
1: i mean i Does yes, she think but this that's, is a human no she can't she's too smart i mean that's the, that's a little exposition-y to me
0: yeah, maybe, I, but maybe I'm she froze sure. up
1: because it did look like a human, and she wasn't sure. And she's got a intact t- in, in, in respect for life. I don't know human yeah, life. I'm
0: not sure. Uh, there, there is more to this scene though. Bernard tells Elsie that that was James Dalos, and right. she uh, deduces their plan to keep him alive forever, essentially. Right. And then she decides to head to the mesa and get them off the island. And Bernard starts remembering his reason for being there, which is to print a control unit for another human. And he doesn't know who, but he convinces Elsie to help him find out. And then we see his memory of him taking the control unit and killing everyone in the lab, including the drone host.
1: Except for the one that somehow Except survived. Yeah,
0: except that one. I don't know why he didn't kill that one. Um... I don't know, cause like,
1: yeah, I don't. I guess I'll wait till the theory department. But this whole damn scene is just amazing. I love it. Yeah, yeah. Like Jim Jim Dale is literally burning in hell. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is an insert with the, when Elsie is terminating him, and it says there's eighty percent subject de- deterioration. There's small print above that that says subject fourteen days past recommended termination. Yeah, which implies that. And that jives with my internal – like, I was thinking of the men in black. So, so like, before he went into the park, he visited Jim for this last time and then has been in the park for about two weeks, mm-hmm. which kind of jives with what I thought had been established last season.
0: Yeah. Makes total sense. Uh, and I've kind of already talked about, you know, this thing being hell and yeah. Faustian Bargain and all that.
1: Yep. Uh, we do see, like, in a very Harry Potter and a Philosopher's Stone way, we do see Bernard pocket the core that he created into his little tweed jacket. Uh-huh. Is that the jacket he's still wearing? I think it is. I think so, but here's... They're not going to reveal that it's been in his pocket the whole time.
0: Well, here's the big question. There, yeah. A lot of people are making a, a huge deal, and I think it's there is something here to analyze, but I don't think it's as complicated and fucked up as most people are trying to make okay. it, with Bernard's timeline. All right. Um, he's clearly jumping back and forth between memories and his current reality here, and um, and they're blending together in weird ways that we don't quite understand. But there are a lot of scenes in this where you see him uh, saying things that he couldn't possibly have known until after he saw Peter Abernathy because that's where he saw the shape of this code Mm. Um, and him saying it, but he doesn't have a bullet wound in his head, which implies to a lot of people that this is happening before he shot himself in the head, which I don't know that I agree with. I think it's much simpler. I think Elsie, patched him up uh yeah. after he saw all this code in Peter Abernathy and it's more linear than people think. Oh, see I Because she gives him the she knocks him out, she gives him the cortical shot, why wouldn't she go ahead and fix this wound
1: in his skull? Because hmm. she doesn't have the proper well, as 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 I guess possible. no. She's got she got the full uh, a lab there. I don't know. That's... Yeah, I,
0: I think it's more straightforward than people are giving credit for. Also, it could be that we are seeing future bernard looking at one of his memories right and that in the future bernard has been repaired to his fullest where the scar no longer shows and he's seeing himself in the situation where he would have had the scar
1: um but wait a second if he if he did this at the lab the day he brought elsie to the cave the first day he wouldn't have shot himself at that point right that was pre him shooting himself
0: that's right. how I understood the timeline. It is, yeah. Okay, but then when he comes back and kind of rediscovers her, and she said that she'd been left there for all that time, right? Uh, and he tells her, "Hey, Ford has been killed, and yeah, the he hosts still has are going a scar crazy." On his head at
1: that point, right?
0: He does, but then later on, when him and Elsie are in the lab, uh-huh. uh he doesn't have the scar on his head. Oh, okay. So I don't. I just don't think it's quite as twisty as people are making it. it could be, though. To be, but it could be. We'll see. Certainly. Uh, But I do do think that is one of the things that they're playing with. And I I still kind of am inclined to lean toward that idea of running him through a bunch of simulations or having him process his own memories, which to him would look like something. Right. uh, In order to get the the location of Peter Abernathy out of his head.
1: I mean, it is very telling that he is unstuck in time. Like yes. he wouldn't be able to tell either way. Right. Because like he's in the middle of a reverie and forgets that like, oh, I'm no longer with you. Like, uh, he's, that yeah. de- so Katie barred a door on what you could probably theorize. From that. <laughs> right. Uh,
0: okay. Then we go to Lawrence offering the support of his cousins to aid, uh, the man in black in his journey. And then Ford possesses the body of Lawrence's daughter to tell him that he's looking forward and therefore in the wrong direction. And the man in black, Lawrence, and his cousins ride off into the countryside where they come upon Grace, who reveals herself to actually be William's daughter. Emily, we assume, unless William has like 95 daughters that we don't know about, which is always a possibility. But it this is. is Emily. Yeah. The
1: host version of Emily. Oh,
0: Christ. Uh-huh. <laughs> that,
1: yeah. that Ford created to have leverage over him. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. Uh, if if, if uh, William ever stops signing checks for Westworld, she's programmed to explode her cervical vertebra and decapitate her body right in front of him after she yeah. hugs him and says she loves him. It's, it's some <laughs> real Rick and Morty type shit, man. Keep Westworld safe. Uh, what do you make about this line, if you're looking forward, you're looking in the
0: wrong direction?
1: <sighs> so, I mean, that... It's just a kind of cryptic bullshit yeah. that
0: Ford loves. It's very it's it's uh.
1: it's very much this what he's of uh, a piece of what he said when he started the game, which is this game begins at your end and ends at your beginning. Mm-hmm. So it's it's all about his past or something that, that, that significant that we are have yet unfamiliar with or, or at least, you know, haven't had the flat the spotlight shined on. Um I got plenty to speculate about in the speculation section. Yeah. Uh is it fair game that because we one of the things in the previous scene they made clear is that Bernard printed a control unit for another human being? Yeah, should we speculate? Should we save the speculation for who that would be in the speculation section, or should is like? I think so. Um, okay. I have two leading contenders. I think, contenders it's, it's, at I think the it's pretty fair to think that. Yeah, there are. Okay, who are your leading contenders? Uh, the Man in Black
0: and Ford himself.
1: Really? Okay, yeah. I think that's that's what I would think too. Okay, uh, Ford for sure. Uh-huh. Uh, it makes sense that. And again, I'm very open. As I said on the Instant uh, Talk podcast, I'm very open to them doing a posthumous. A heel turn for Doctor Ford because one of the things, the Mm -hmm. defining uh, uh, experience of season one is how many times I flip flop between oh Ford is a good guy oh Ford's evil oh Ford's good but Mister said oh he's a real bastard oh he's actually the savior of the robotic species yeah like after I see this season like I'm starting to wonder if Ford is such a narcissist that if he knew that. Like 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 if he didn't leapfrog Williams research, clone himself his own body, and then off himself to destroy Westworld just so he could add the technology to himself. Mm-hmm. Or something along those lines. Sure. Um
0: Yeah. Okay, we'll probably get deeper in the speculation section. Mm-hmm. And that's the end of the episode.
1: Yeah, the other thing we're left to wonder is Who's right? Is Ford speaking through the little girl right that the Williams gone soft and that he's trying to redeem himself, or is William uh, not speaking out of any kind of personal deception or bias? That no, he's actually playing Ford's game to the bone.
0: Or a third option is Ford saying exactly what he needs to say to to keep him goading, yeah, keep him moving are, in the direction right, he wants. He's
1: the ultimate NPC, keeping the guy right. involved in the quest.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know the answer to that, but I, I do think the Man in Black is liable to get
1: caught up in the whole thing right on all right uh shall we get to feedback yeah before we get to feedback i want to talk about the club because we're having a sale right now We're so excited about westworld we're discounting our annual memberships uh 25 for the month of may uh and we are halfway through the month of may so you've got about half the time to pull the trigger uh, you get many benefits. There's so many extra features. You can get ad free feeds for our podcast. You get video versions of most of our podcast. You get free, uh, well, not free, you're paying for it. That's the whole point. You get exp- you get, a, you get you get uh, uh, the bonus content such as lunch with Jim and Aaron, our quips, our video game playthroughs, all that kind of stuff. Uh, you go to club.baldmove.com. Again, right now, all new. Annual memberships are on sale for 25% off. Use the uh, coupon code WW2018 during checkout. Go to club.ballmove.com to lock in those savings. Uh, right This week, not only do we have the Instant Talk podcast, which is the best way to just immediately excite, excitedly talk about uh, Westworld with us. Um, that happens after every Westworld episode. It's a club exclusive. But we're also reviewing Deadpool 2. Uh, everyone gets the spoiler-free review, which is often short and perfunctory. But if you want the actual spoiler-filled review, you got to be a club member. Go to club.baldmove.com and get 25% off a new annual membership if you use WW2018 at checkout. Feedback, as always, you can send it in to Westworld, westworld at baldmove.com. We also have a forum if you'd like to test your theories and your your personal ideas with our fellow fans. There's a Always a thread for each episode, and there's uh, quite a bit of theory threads going on there, too. Forums.boldmove.com. All right, first up, Greg M. Uh, has some an interesting uh, discussion about consciousness to begin with. I think it would be helpful when discussing the potential consciousness of the host to draw a firm line between consciousness and free will. There's a vigorous debate in the philosophical and cognitive science communities about whether people have free will. Without wanting to really open that debate, the fact that it exists and yet nobody doubts that living humans with fully formed brains have consciousness shows that one does not rest on – or having consciousness does not rest on having free will. Rather, consciousness is the quality of there being something thats that it is like to be you. I'm confident that there is something that it's like to be Jim and Aaron. I'm certain there is nothing it's that a lot it's like, like what
0: Jalos was experiencing at the end there. <laughs>
1: yeah. I'm sure there's nothing like that it's like to be my fo- iPhone or my toaster. I'm virtually certain that there is something that it's like to be my dog and nothing that it's like to be a character in a 2018 video game. I think this is how to approach the hosts in Westworld. Is there something that it's like to be Maeve or Dolores or Teddy or Abernathy or Rivas? Or are they just fancy toasters with a shape and style designed to trick our monkey brains? That is a a, a, that is a important distinction that is. And it's these hosts could be conscious, but yet programmed to do things and not have free will. That's a separate thing that we sometimes conflate on this podcast.
0: And I think it's also complicated by the fact that you can turn parts of them off. Right. Like if would I would I be considered the same? Would I have the same experience if I could just turn off? uh it, my pain receptors right if i could turn off my t- four of my five senses right. or turn off my emotional reactions to things right I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. I'm not a philosopher. <laughs>
1: well, it's weird because there's, like, uh scientists refer to altered states of consciousness, sure. like, you know, taking shrooms, for example, or if you've had, like... uh Meditating. You know, or, or you're, like, yeah. you, if, if you uh, are put under twilight sedation, where you're still responsive to simple commands, but you couldn't hold a conversation or, like, tell right. anything. Like, you are arguably not the same person when you're going through those experiences as you are when you're fully conscious or whatever, but, like, you're still the... You still have a continuity. Like if you withdraw the drugs, you'll revert back to where you were. But like then there's no. some things like head injuries that are permanent. That it's very complicated. It but is, no, yeah. your point's well taken, Greg. Right, uh, Josh F. I guess I don't understand why we just assume that Maven and her crew are in Shogun World. Talking about last week's discussion. This area certainly looks like a Klondike area. Are we supposed to think that there's no border or barrier between Shogun World and Westworld? No wall, no bodies of water? You you can literally wander around the Westworld Park and unknowingly walk into Shogun World, a completely different park and experience? That just seems so bizarre and not like something that the park creators would want to allow or happen. They hit the boundary. They hit the Ghost Nation. Well, It was here, supposed to be the boundary for them. Probably, but also they spent a lot of time walking in underground tunnels. They which, did. presumably, although you'd still think there'd be some kind of painted white line saying now leaving Westworld, entering Shogun World, but maybe these that know, big the, of an idiot.
0: The laser that we saw, I don't think, went all the way across the right. countryside. It just went across the bridge, right? The bridge. Like, there, there are
1: undefined boundaries between yeah. these parks. I don't know that I agree with that. Like on the surface, I think. I mean, there's would... a map
0: drawn, but I don't think you could look at it and say this is the boundary between Shogun World and the boundary hmm. of West World.
1: So you, th- huh? I just assumed it's like it's covered because they were go- they got lost in underground tunnels, popped up in an elevator, and now they're in Shogun World. I think it is kind of interesting. Like, yeah, I know that the Ghost Nation is but spo- like if if the th- certain theories are correct, are supposed to be kind of corralling people. But there's there's like when we saw in the Raj World thing, there was a physical barrier. Um, I don't know if it's a stretch to assume that spreads across the whole park. Are you talking about the cliff that that goes to the water uh, as the physical barrier? No, I'm talking about the thing that she walked over. It was the laser line that said, "Now you are now leaving." Yeah, the it was park. like ten feet wide. Park? Huh?
0: <laughs> it was like ten feet wide. If she went over a mile to the north or you whatever, so? it wouldn't be there. Yeah. Hmm.
1: All anyway. right, I. I don't. I don't know. I got, so I guess you could take it. You got two different opinions, Josh. One is it doesn't matter because we don't think there's barriers in between the park along the entire way, and uh, there are barriers, but they bypass them underground. Choose your own adventure. Uh, Stephen W. Hey guys. So in Westworld, the host bullets, the host bullets aren't supposed to hurt humans when working properly because of some kind of sci-fi variable velocity rounds. I can believe that, but how could that possibly work for a samurai sword in a properly functioning shogun world? The yeah. sword's either sharp or it isn't, so if a sword in the hands of a person or a samurai host can cut another host to pieces and necessarily has to be able to do the same to human park guest, your thoughts? No, this has been a problem since day
0: one. Like, what if I'm a visitor to the uh-huh. park, and I don't know who is a visitor and who is a host because the right. hosts are so good right. uh, at mimicking humans? So. What if I take a knife to somebody?
1: Yeah, like, and I, like I the man in black, cr- for or, example, or, or I strangle him and
0: crush their fucking windpipe yeah. or hit him with a rock. Like, Right. Th- there are infinite ways to kill somebody that is not a gun, Right. and you can't tell the difference between host and human, so... It's a huge liability, and it's something that the show wants you to hand-wave away. Yeah. and They they don't want you to say, oh, what about the knives? You're supposed to understand
1: that, like, the hosts are always around, like, as guides, or, and, and, like, if they see unsafe behavior, that they go into some kind of safeguard mode where they try to separate the humans, and, like... Sure. They do hand-wave it away, but you're right. Now, I can think of a million different ways you could have variable dull blades, like, that would use some kind of, like, mechanism to retract an edge or but i mean gravity is still a factor sure and there's like weight and mass and like right right and there is like there is verbiage in the west world like release forum that we saw last season on the kind of arg side the alternative reality game side that said like acknowledges that like there are steep drops there is deep water there are animals yeah. Uh, wild animals. There's like all kinds infectious. There's all kinds of things that can happen to you that you have to kind of like agree to. Just like when you're going skiing, you have to sign five pages of things saying that you essentially held the staff at gunpoint, demanded to be rented skis <laughs> against all good common sense and and reason, and yeah. they cannot be held responsible for the inherently dangerous th- dangerous thing you're supposed to do. So. Yeah, you got. I mean, again, if the, if it breaks the show, it breaks the show. But mm-hmm. you know, uh, that's a that's a, it'd be a shame if that's the thing that breaks it for you. Uh, Matt S, do you think that the final time he visited James Dalos, William may have put something in the liquor? No. The text seemed to say he was fine and been thirty five days. William seemed to have come to the conclusion that the world was better off without James. Maybe he decided to make that happen. No. The poison was in the glass the whole time. Jim. No. He's not Mag's Bennett. Well he's not poisoned. So, so you don't think there is anything that the tech seemed to s- express surprise and dismay that he was stable up until his conversation with William.
0: No. Okay. No, cuz he'd been stable up until the conversation with William every time. Well, it was just a little longer this time.
1: Ah, uh, see I got the distinct impression that they did bring him in. Like maybe he's de- like I, again, I don't know how the fuck this thing works whether he does it like every fucking day and they reset him every day. And it just so happens that they started. I, I I don't know. I don't know enough to say one way or another. Um, yeah. But no, I do think it's if if he's exhibited if, if if he if if William caused a breakdown, it's only because he put stress on the ho- the James Dalos simulation that it couldn't handle. It's not that he like physically poisoned him or anything. Yeah. Because if you physically poisoned him, why is he still alive fourteen days later? Mm-hmm. Uh, Josh from Columbus, Ohio. How many Lost Vibes did you get after watching this episode? As soon as a record player started in the beginning of the episode, I was brought back to Desmond in the hatch. The show is weaving in backstories of William and Delos and trying to help bring some explanation of what we're seeing on the island. Uh, there's so much mystery about how everything got this way and what is true and what is behind-the-scenes motivations. I'm not suggesting anything other than I'm excited to experience another show with this much mystery, but this time have so much more faith that they know what they're doing and won't F it all up. <laughs> I have to say... Because I'm legally contracted that loss is a fine show with many, many <laughs> admirers, many people that that think that it's a character based, uh, not plot based. And they were entirely satisfied with the finale and people to say otherwise just didn't appreciate it correctly. I think <laughs> I think I've said the magic words that will keep me from getting angry loss feedback. But but what what how, what's your reaction to this?
0: Yeah, I mean, they they had all the lost vibes in this season uh, or in this opening Uh, For the episode. I Here's the thing, the way that I would compare this episode of Westworld with Lost is that it raises many questions while also answering many. And that is what Lost did in its, like, middle seasons so well. Um, They were they were constantly answering questions, but they were also constantly raising new questions with the answers to those questions. And I think that got away from them, Mm -hmm. uh, near the end of lost. Mm -hmm. And I will be the first to stand up and say, I didn't really like, uh, the final few seasons of lost couple seasons of lost. Um, but I thought seasons one through like four were brilliant. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's what I like about this show. As it compares to lost, it's doing a lot of the same things. And, I guess I have more faith in the writers of this show but I don't really know why. Uh
1: yeah, because lost up to
0: this up to a season 2 was excellent. Sure. And I had all the faith in the world going into that, but yep. there's no reason to think they couldn't screw it up or they wouldn't screw it up, but I don't know, so far so good. We'll
1: see. So just to make sure everyone's clear, Jim is the one in this I hate room loss. that hates loss. You Jim at baldmove.com. Yeah. Uh, Westworld at baldmove.com <laughs> for everything not involving this debate. Right. Uh, <laughs> and I'm redirecting everything that mentions loss to the trash can. <laughs> Dr. Nick, as far as I can tell, drinking a bunch of explosive-grade nitroglycerin will do no more than give you a terrible headache and cause you to faint. It's the hmm. same basic form as a medicinal version of nitro. That you take for chest pain and uh, to avoid heart attack, and it's yeah. a potent blood vessel dilator and will lower the blood pressure quickly. And bodybuilders yeah. use, oh, do they? Yeah, to to aid in in their vascularity, their their pumps. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah you can actually lift more, and, interesting, and recover faster, and all uh, that
1: stuff. One of the things I was I was reading Wikipedia for how to treat an acute overdose of uh, of nitro because there's no antidote is you give them a commiserate massive dose of caffeine to offset, and I'm like. I don't know what it'd feel like to be jack full of nitroglycerin and then a commiserate amount of caffeine, but oh my god, it sounds uh, like the worst—the worst state of being you could possibly be in. Yeah, uh, John B, I have a serious question about finding Elsie in the cave that leads to the Jim Dalos Recreation Lab. The assumption is the Man in Black and Arnold have both been there recently. Uh, wait a second. The assumption is William and Bernard have both been there recently. Wouldn't they both have walked right past Elsie, who is chained up at the entrance? Multiple entrances is the obvious answer, but I don't love that explanation for something that's supposedly a huge, huge secret. Okay, I got a couple emails along this line. Hmm. I think the confusing thing is the timeline. William visited him fourteen days. Elsie was kidnapped just a day or two before then. And my fear, my what I think happened is that Bernard visited that facility because these humans have been dead very freshly. Like the mm. the guy's impaled on the rack and all that stuff. They haven't been dead for more than a day or two, or they would start to decompose and and look hideous. So, even in a,
0: even in a completely sterile lab, I think
1: so because your your own fucking internal yeah. gut flora and fauna is what d- does you in more than anything. They blow up and explode. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like like you your your shit factory yeah. is not a sterile environment, and that's the one the first things that goes. <laughs> so. I don't know. Maybe they just had, took massive antibiotics. They had all just had... Uh, and colonics. Enemas, just sure. full flush of yeah. their bacteria. That's just a condition for working at Westworld. Yeah. Dr. Ford's got a very weird... Alternate theory, they're all hosts. They're all hosts. They could <laughs> all be hosts. Um, Chris S., if you were forced to choose which way, which would you prefer to go? One, forced to drink nitric glycerin and exploded via shotgun, shot or two, or spiked through the face via human railroad tie? Spike through the face, through the head. Yeah,
0: because like if my if my guts explode, I'm gonna be alive a little while,
1: right? And it's not gonna be fun. Hey man, I've I've had white Castle on Taco Bell. I've have <laughs> survived the gut bomb. All right, <laughs> That's true. it's not that bad. Uh, yeah, I, I guess I, I I mean I feel like they're both if if, if administered correctly, they're both almost instantaneously lethal like between the shock wave and the massive loss of blood pressure you're not going to feel anything past like the the shot like I, don't think I don't, so. Yeah, I don't think you'd even feel it that. It did look like he exploded pretty good. Yeah. Like it's a full body like like the front top half was separated from the bottom half. Now, if that's like cuz that's a thing like I don't I want to say this about the nitroglycerin like it might be bullshit, but if it's bullshit it's the same it's, I, I was convinced it's the same kind of bullshit like Walter White throwing that fulminated mercury yeah. like you it it would make an explosion, but like a whippersnapper explosion, right. not like deafen ears and blow out windows kind of explosion. And I'm fine with them breaking those kind of rules. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, bend the rules a little bit for cool I'm fine with dissolving bodies in acid that's kind of impossible. I'm fine with drinking, I guess, a shot of nitroglycerin and making it explode, so yeah, I guess uh, both of them seem like they'd be fairly painless if they were administered correctly. But you do have the law, like, like, I think the horrific thing about being in the railroad scenario is just to see the dozens of people that's happened to it. And you're just yeah. waiting your turn in line. And it keeps getting it's kind of like the same like the guillotine might have been a painless procedure. But holy shit, riding up in a cart with a bunch of aristocrats to the guillotine and watching mm-hmm. everybody die before you. That's that's not painless. No. That's and, that's, that's, and in being, she, that's sheer anxiety and terror, and that's not how that's not how people prefer to live so
0: I mean I imagine when you're looking when you get your head in the and you're looking down at a, head, a basket full of heads,
1: yeah? And just, blow, oh my god, it's, the carnage uh, and the smell and and everyone yeah. laughing and jeering and having a good time about it. Just Yeah, it must have been fucking hell. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is the non-speculation feedback we got for this week. Westworld at baldmove.com, again, is how you send us more of it. We'll be considering that more next week. Um, and we're about to get into the... Spe- again, this is not spoilers. I misspoke. This is just speculation and theories. Um... It's not per- leaked production note. It's not it's based on everything we know so far. Yes. in the show, some people think that's fun. Some people think it's not. If you're one of the latter, uh, now is where you want to stop listening to the podcast. Everybody else, come on into Crazy Town. Uh, I want to. I want to do some more. I want to do some Sphinx talk. Okay. Uh, so Sphinx me. The Sphinx riddle comes from the whole tale of uh, Oedipus, which has a whole other. You know, there's there's a lot of fascinating things about the Oedipus myth, which is essentially a man tries to avoid a prophecy that his uh, his son would dethrone him and marry his mother by abandoning him as a child like spartan fashion and long story short he inadvert the, the that son inadvertently makes all the prophecies come true mm-hmm. and then out of dismay of killing his father and sleeping with his mother and having all these terrible things happen to him stabs his eyes out cuz he can't he he can't take it no more uh so we talked about the riddle of the Sphinx. The other thing is, there's um, one of the critical analysis of this tale involves Oedipus's role as what they call a liminal figure, which is a figure that like uh, is, serves as a threshold between two different things happening, and you're supposed to understand that the Sphinx destroying itself at the gates of Thebes is um, a parallel, uh, uh, like the author's trying to tell a parallel of. The Egyptian culture being subsumed by the Greek culture, hmm, okay. which eventually happened. Yeah. Um, and this is kind of like a, a, a way to kind of explain that, uh, that the, the Egyptian gods are dead and now ushering in the Olympian age. Um, is that interesting that uh, we could see like like that the, this riddle of the Sphinx? There's a lot of obvious ties into what it means to be a man and all that, but also that you've got one... One culture and way of doing things is dying. The human way, ushering in a new age of these robots. So,
0: is Ford the Liminal. Uh, I guess he would like. In like well, yeah, I,
1: I did see because this was cobbled together from a bunch of different emails and my own private. Like, because when people started talking about Oedipus uh, in the instant talk, I'm like, shit, I'm not even going in there because like. Um, the last time I thought about that was like season two of True Detective, and that's a long time ago. Yeah. And I, you know, the last time I thought about it before then was high school. So I did some of my own. And, and one of the things on the Reddit was that, yes, people are directly saying that, like, essentially Robert Ford is the Sphinx. Okay. That threw himself down to make way for the, 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 the coming, you know, AI consciousness.
0: Yeah. Um, that does make a lot of sense, I think. Um,
1: Okay, so let's talk about Robert Ford's consciousness. Do you think Robert Ford's consciousness is literally dwelling within the little boy that wandered by his childhood home that, that's contained within Giancarlo's Esposito's Elazo El that's contained within uh, Lawrence's little daughter? That's just the game, right? A lot of people are saying that that's literally the consciousness of Ford inhabiting the park in like a James I- Delos kind of way.
0: I will say I think it's possible that that's the case. I mean, with this mesh network and all the hosts being linked, he could certainly be transferring his actual consciousness between them. Um, But but it almost seems like the consciousness is bound to the hardware, Mm -hmm. um, in my mind, which is this little red ball. Uh, I, I don't know how he would get around that hardware limitation. Yeah. I mean, nothing we've seen would say suggest that there is a way to do that.
1: But if Robert Ford is found, like because that's one of the leading contenders of whose consciousness is in the red ball, as you call it, the control unit, is it's it's Robert Ford, and and he was fetched right before his death because he knew all this was happening. Blah blah blah, all kinds of sub theories based off that. Yeah, but I guess do we buy that Robert Ford would be that far ahead of Jim uh, of of William in funding this research? Like, that's where, I mean, we know that he in 2018, we think, was so far ahead that he was able to do essentially, though, the like, like, imagine yourself walking into a hotel room like Logan did and have your mind blown that way. So, like, could he gotten, I mean, I guess, but I think it's possible, in secret. Given that he has
0: unlocked what we perceive and what he perceived as the key to consciousness in Dolores, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. That, that, idea that she could make a choice for herself here um i think it's not a huge stretch to say that ford could have been monitoring knowing that they were trying to oust him yeah um could have been monitoring what they were doing in the facility and saying okay well i see where they're going with this Mm -hmm. i actually have the idea that i think unlocks the key to it that they haven't thought of yet and that maybe this is not a sure thing maybe he hasn't had the opportunity to really test it but perhaps this is a gambit of his to say, I think this is the key, and I'm going to alter this control unit to be what I think it needs to be, mm-hmm. and maybe this will work and maybe it won't. Man. I don't think it's a stretch to say that
1: Ford could have figured – Ford could have unlocked a secret that they couldn't quite grasp. And then he had Bernard destroy the lab to make sure no one else could do it? Yeah. Is it possible – so you reject the possibility that the man in black had something to do with – art, like like – destroying the lab why I mean why I, would you say that I, he I, 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 destroyed I, the lab I retract, I retract the theory something I was trying okay. to figure out on, on the fly is like because we don't know like We know that Arnold was working for Ford a lot, but we don't know that that's the only person he's working for, and we don't know so many things about, like, you know, Hale was trying to manipulate hosts to get stuff out, and there Mm -hmm. was also someone else that was trying to rig somebody with a transponder to point it at a particular constellation to bounce it off a side. There was a lot of players, and in fact the man in black says something along the lines of Ford's not the only one running games. And right now, there is an option for a third party to be fucking around. And I guess William would be the number one suspect since he wanted to shut this thing down. And Mm -hmm. that would be something we don't expect. And I'm always kind of like looking for that, which can, but that can lead you really far afield too. Sure. Uh, One thing I want to also talk about before we get to the feedback is so Clementine drags Bernard's ass there. We think Clementine's acting on the orders of Dolores, but Bernard's pretty sure that this is Ford behind all this. Is this evidence? Is this because he didn't say Clementine or Dolores had Clementine drag me here? He said Ford did. Mm -hmm. Is that evidence that Dolores is actually still on a big Ford loop because Bernard thinks Hmm. she is? And he would know more about it than we would, right? I think he would, yeah. Uh, That's a really good question that I
0: had not considered.
1: I feel like there are a lot of people that. It jumped out to me because I'm a big fan of the Dolores is on a Ford loop. Yeah. Which doesn't mean she's not conscious. It just means that she's not in control of her destiny. Right. She's she's being still used as a pawn for some game that is not immediately obvious to me. Like, I, at this point, I feel like tough to I say. know what Delos is doing at all its different levels. Yeah. Or have a pretty good idea. But Ford's game, I still don't... I'm still shaky on.
0: Yeah, no, Ford's game, to me, feels man i i don't know if he's working against what management was trying to do or trying to uh, you know abscond with the tech that management was building or if he's trying
1: to give it to everyone yeah via the man in black he's just trying to win an argument or making a philosophical point posthumously (laughs) Uh like what's the point man although if he does all this and My, my thought was like he's reborn as a robot if they're if they're trying to replace him um,
0: it it would be like sweetly poetic that he would actually replace himself with a host version of himself and shut their research down at the same time, mm. and like a lot of a lot of stuff that I can't quite articulate because I haven't thought it through well enough seems to me to be pointing toward Ford uh, in that control unit, but gotcha. I I really don't know. The other possibility is that i've seen that
1: i really like is the man in black i was about to say that so looking forward you're looking the wrong direction like is the the doherty's gonna walk through literally like it's gonna and similar to like bernard finding out he is a host is it gonna be revealed that the man in black was a host but i have a lot of problems with this theory namely if everyone is a fucking host yeah. Then the rea- re the the re- the reveal that someone's a host is going to mean next to nothing. Yes, like a lot of shows with this uh, conceit had those problems. Like I'm thinking mm-hmm. of all the different shows where you could we could swap bodies. Like the like the War of the World Series in the 90s kind of got dumb that way. Uh, I think Battlestar Galactica broadly was kind of seen as kind of getting dumb that way towards the end I where... mean, it was the
0: central mystery like who were the final
1: five right right <laughs> we and, know there are 12 Holy like, shit! anyone can be it so does it like you know what how do you keep raising the stakes of ev- each oh my god you're a robot and you're oh okay well everybody's a robot um i and, don't know and there's also this weird i, I don't know if it's a problem.
0: How many different mashups of humans and hosts and consciousness and free will are we right. going to deal with? Because yeah. we've already got, by my recollection, recollection, four. We've got humans. Okay. We've got hosts. Okay. Uh, we have drone hosts.
1: Okay. And now we have human host hybrids. Like, right. Like, how... And then there's subsets. There's hosts that are we think are conscious yes. and hosts that are just uh, pl- uh, toasters. And
0: I can't tell if that's going to become ridiculous to keep...
1: I- iterating on yeah, these things. Yeah, I was things. about to say. I, I don't, don't know worry. if it's going to actually be good and interesting to yeah. explore all of the concepts within this idea. Yeah, it's almost like I don't like. I don't know what the expiration date on that is. It's like no. a carton of milk. Like. Uh, It just depends on how long you've left it out on the counter Mm -hmm. and what you do with it. Like, I'm I I does feel like there is an expiration date on that. Yes, they haven't hit it yet. And also Nolan and Joy have a lot of experience with these twisty kind of narratives. So they've got they know what works and doesn't. So if anyone can do something like that satisfying, maybe it's them. I don't know. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's get to feedback again. Uh, this is speculation and theories. The feedback is Westworld at baldmove dot com. Um, I just for people that might be joining us for the first time, I my selection criteria is um, I try to read stuff that's got some evidence behind it, like you know, thematic or otherwise. It doesn't have to be super strong, but it can't just be like, here's what I think is going to happen. Uh-huh. You know, it's that, that's fan fiction. Yeah. So I, I, I get dozens and dozens of these each week. I can only read a couple. Uh, Peter G's the first one. I really like this because it's got a lot of strong thematic ties to it. This week's episode, Riddle of the Sphinx, revealed a lot of things, but I think one thing we glimpsed is Ford's intent for William. It's been established that originally Ford held the belief, hope, that people would come to his park, have their adventures, and discover the hero within themselves. Instead, people came to the park and largely indulged in their basest instincts and behaviors. I think Ford came to this conclusion. Only when the stakes are real will people become the heroes they can be. Ford's aim is to give this experience to William. By making the stakes real, William finds himself making choices that will ultimately put him in the role of the hero and validating Ford's belief. The parallels between William's first visit to Lawrence's town in the second episode of the first season where the game is fixed and this visit where the stakes are real are pretty clear. When Craddock and William are sitting in the bar, William sees Lawrence's wife and daughter cower in fear and terror, much like Maeve and her daughter feared him. She sees Craddock dance with, or he sees Craddock dance with Lawrence's wife, much like he did when looking at for the maze before sending her to Lawrence with a shot of nitro. William's choice to save them is important. It's been established that William wants the stakes to be real, although I don't know if we've really been told why, other than for some deeper meaning. Perhaps he's hoping to find a better version of himself. Is it possible? So my take on this theory is if Ford is is genuinely a good guy and he's and he wants to fight for these superior beings to have like some kind of rights or to be able to secede us, mm-hmm. he also knows that there's 10 billion, at this point, I think it was established, mouths out there who are going to be very much for the status quo and very much against rights for robots. So he needs a powerful ally on his side. Is it possible this last game is literally just to teach that William was good the whole time? If he you know it's 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 like I was talking about in the in the main podcast like a video game that has no stakes hey i'll just be a bad guy just for, for just for shits and grins but when real people are dying and there's real stakes again look around the world around us there's not that many fucking sociopaths fucking mm-hmm. things up um maybe if he can teach william that he learned the wrong lesson that he can make him into a powerful i, I could see william i could see ed harris being like one of the human heroes of this of this series, and you can already kind of begin to see him change, although he denies it. Hmm. Uh, How does man. that grab you? I, I guess my
0: question would be to what end? Like, okay, so he proves to William that he's a good guy. What does that do for the hosts in the long run? Well, I
1: mean, I think Todd, I think Williams. I think Williams' fall from grace is tied to his realization, or that they felt like he got tricked, or that the hosts weren't real, mm-hmm. um, and nothing was real, and this world, like, like, and it gave him a dour view of himself and humanity. So, so he's like, trying
0: to change the direction of Dalos as a company. Well, is I the, mean, via
1: changing the robot. Like, so if the robots mind? have one of the richest, most powerful men on their side, that's better than you know yeah. Ford, who's who, because like, I think Ford at, at this stage in Westworld. He is at the end of his rope in every conceivable way. His yeah. power, he he can no, he no longer can keep Delos at bay from taking over the park. He has the ethics lo- of it. <laughs> he, he, he's losing control of everything. Uh, he his he he knows that his time on so his ability to shepherd and govern this project of getting the the host to be sentient is like he, like he's, he's he's at an end. So he needs to cultivate a new mentor or he needs a he needs a new shepherd in the role and he's going to forge one out of William
0: yeah and if he can you know shock William back into mm-hmm. um, I guess some semblance of a decent decent human being uh, William still has all the control all the power over right. dalos as a company right and so he could keep instead of burning it all to the ground as he wants to do currently because he sees it in a certain light he could have that frame of reference changed and now he wants to preserve it Right. In a different way, you know, preserve it in in a way that doesn't allow humans to come in and abuse the host right. constantly, but gives them a world to live in. Uh and and not maybe not even one that's a prison, you know, one right. that they can freely leave and maybe maybe he's trying to bring humanity together through William or right. humanity and the host together. Right. It's possible and that does feel like maybe something they could do with a five-season arc.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you've got like I- Like, like is a is the end of a five year arc look kind of like the beginning of the Animatrix? Do you remember those series Mm -hmm. of shorts where they essentially said that like they go through humanity's fraught experience with ai and like yeah, first their maids
0: rise up like and they, they they rose up and they turned down people.
1: and then what we did is like we gave them their own nation like it was like if i remember is in the middle east it was desert barren had nothing yeah except for abundant sunlight which the machines harnessed for solar power and then became an economic powerhouse and quickly became one of the most powerful nations on earth and yeah. humans couldn't i'm retelling the tale of the mate animatrix but like i wonder if like the end of westworld could be them having their own nation
0: mm-hmm.
1: like who knows what happens like who knows whether they'll be able to out-compete with humans or what but like is that a good satisfying place to end the series that they've just they've got a land of their own maybe yeah um i don't know like that's like, i they... mean maybe dolores comes to realize look bernard's right you mm-hmm. can't
0: dominate the world right but what you can do is live in harmony with it or this let
1: start a moon base a moon yeah let's give them a planet westworld in space do hosts <laughs> need oxygen that's the question I think that didn't we do they did, need didn't air we say to they breathe? didn't which is one of the big conundrums of how they all drowned uh, Why did we say they didn't? I don't remember uh, something that uh, it's some kind of uh, Jonathan Nolan's being interviewed and he's talking about the fact that robots poop and oh. they don't need oxygen like he was just ran- like like <laughs> rattling off facts about them and he said they don't require oxygen, which might prove to be interesting later. Huh. You know, the other thing we got there's so okay. many things we forget to talk about because there's just so many fucking things to talk about yeah. even in a two hour goddamn podcast is Bernard has the ability to cause hosts to terminate themselves. Uh yep. So them all floating could be like we're we're all thinking about how they can be died in a flash flood where he could just instantly command them all to snap their own necks. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Perhaps. So why did he leave the one fucking one alive? I don't know. Maybe he that, that drone wandered in later. Or maybe that drone was supposed to do something for day. I don't know. Yeah, I, that's that's. I have no 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 clue.
0: <laughs> maybe it has to do with the shifting timelines. Even I don't okay,
1: know. I've this is a this is a pretty crazy theory. Um, but I just wanted to read it because we didn't have a lot of this. It's sh- short on theorizing this week. I thought Luke L. Why is Elsie so well groomed after being given a couple protein bars in a bucket? I'm talking zero dust, zero grease, zero grime, g- perfect hair and makeup. Very odd. Elsie seems weirdly okay about the state of the park. Bernard doesn't really explain what's going on until pretty late in the episode, and even then there's no, not a lot of wait, what, from her? I get it. It's annoying to watch a character learn everything you as the audience already know, but nothing from her? She just rolls with it. She doesn't even attempt to freeze all motor fo- functions on that drone or Dalos. All I'm saying is that this would make sense, that a person whose entire job is to, say, freeze motor functions when they're threatened, and they don't immediately jump to that response. Uh, then he has some evidence. Um, Bernard actually says, you can't hear me because I'm not with you right now while Elsie's trying to open the door to Delos. What's he saying here? That he's taking that he's further back in the room, that he's there, but he's not actually talking. Is a future Bernard remembering the time that he went into that room with Elsie and wished he hadn't? It's a puzzling line. What is the theory here? <laughs> uh, it seems like it's just like. Uh, nit- the fact that she is a robot the- so she's he, when Bernard's saying you're not really or I'm not really here with you right now he's talking about her as much as him but what does this have to
0: do with is- her looking unfazed by three days in the dirt or whatever like hosts get grimy hosts get
1: nasty looking but not to the extent like that a human would in the same conditions that doesn't seem very realistic to me. Then, well, like if she's just sitting in the cave and like she's not even moving until someone comes there. Like, I look, I I don't want to fucking carry this theory. I, I just don't know what the theory is. Um That Elsie's a host. Yeah, yeah. The theory: Elsie's Bernard's version of consciousness. She uses he uses her in a Jimmy as a Jimmy Cricket type. She doesn't trust him because she still thinks he's a killer. He views himself in much the same way. He doesn't know if he should trust himself. If you woke up knowing that you had just killed someone that you thought. Uh, while you thought you were asleep, you'd have time. You'd have some pretty fucked inner thoughts. Uh, essentially, that either Elsie is a as a host created for some unknown purpose by Ford, or Elsie is a manifestation of Bernard's consciousness because he killed Elsie, and it's a way for him to like repair his mor- moral structures. I think. Because that's one of the one of the mm. one of the models of consciousness is that you know bicameral mind. She's like a little rep- literal representation of that.
0: Well, you weren't wrong when you said this is
1: one of the crazier theories, right? Uh, and it, look, here's I just wanted because there was a lot of chatter about Elsie not looking like a human who has been locked in a cave for the better part of a day, maybe up to three days, with protein bars in a bucket. Sure. That does seem but on the other hand, it's also a very Hollywood thing to do. Yeah, absolutely it is. Um uh, what Like like Dolores should be kind of filthy riding yeah. all through hell and back everywhere. She should be like, covered in dust. Yeah. Like in yeah. Her, her got, clothes should be dark. I know and, she doesn't sweat, but like you know, yeah. she's rubbed her face, she's ha like like she shouldn't have flawless hair and makeup right. after all the thing. Just riding a horse full tilt would have fucked that up. Yeah. So I don't know that you can say, well, Elsie looks like she just stepped out of a fucking makeup chair for 45 minutes. There's no way she's not a host.
0: And I also don't want to have a discussion about how and why every single person on this show could be a host. Fair enough. That does not interest me. Here's uh, – I feel like they've played that card. Mm-hmm. They've played the, hey, this person you thought was a human is actually a host card. Right. And if they're going to play it again, it's going to be in context of the control unit. It's not going to be in context of, "Hey, here's another person you thought was yeah. a human is actually a host."
1: I also don't think it'll be a season wide arc because like even this like they could have done that with Jim Dalis. They knew that would be uh tedious. Yeah. I don't I think you're wrong. I think they might play this one more time. It won't but be But I think it'll be in they... the context
0: of the control unit. Hmm. Okay. Cuz that's the one they've set up now.
1: Right. Right.
0: But I Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong, and it's valid to question every single person on this show every single week, but I don't want to do it.
1: Yeah, no, I... I don't want to do it, man. I I think there is... I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm saying I think they can do it one more time. Like As long as there's a, a slight... You can say that, like, well, this this might be ice cream, but it's strawberry, not vanilla. Now, like, mm-hmm. you're, like, like a, a host switching bodies, like you know, Dolores riding around is in Bernard or vice versa. Or I heard another one that said that what uh, that I really liked since last seat, the episode was that it's not Dolores in Bernard that washes up on the beach; it's Teddy, because that's Dolores's way to sacrifice Teddy but still keep him around, like hmm. swap the brain cores. Like, there's a lot of different things, but like, so like that's not oh, you thought a human is a host, like it's a host in a different body. They can do that, like, once. Yeah. They can do, like, variations of that, but they can only do it once before it. So that's what I'm saying. Like, I think there is still a big, like, a host-human swap, but it's it's going to be in a different way than just, oh, Bernard's actually Arnold. Right. Uh, that's my that's, – that's, that's what I'm thinking there anyway. Uh, all right, that's it. That's literally it for the episode. Uh, Westworld at baldmove.com is where you want to send all of those thoughts that you have for next week. Uh, You can also get on our forums, forums forums.baldmove.com to discuss your theories with your fellow fans. Don't forget, every Sunday night, we have the Instant Talk podcast. Uh, Just a minute or two after the episode airs, we turn on the cameras, take to the microphones, we talk for 15, 20 minutes about what we thought of the episode, and then we turn it over to you, the listener, uh, to participate and send us feedback through YouTube's chat function. Uh, That is open only to club members. Uh, Club.baldmove.com if you want more information about that. There's a sale going on, yada, yada. Uh, That's all we got for this week. Until next week, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. See ya.